up, everybody? Um, welcome to Live Rounds, episode four. Uh, got a lot to talk about, but let's wait and see if we can get some people here in the chat, and then uh, we'll get started. Yes, I'm just getting it pulled up on my other screen here so I can keep an eye on the chat and the likes and all that good stuff. Who we got in the chat already? Zombries, what's up? Welcome to the chat. What's up, everybody? I guess Wayne wants to call me Dougie. What's up, Wayne? <laughs> there we go. Cool. All right, you got some question. What's up, John? How's it going? Boom. There's your tweet. All right, hold on a second. It is hot as hell in this room I'm sitting in. It's hot in here now, like no matter what, in Texas, like 96, 100 degrees. So <sighs> you can put your AC at what you want, but it's just different. Yeah, forget that. Knowing that, if it goes too high, you have a nice little bill waiting for you. Oh, yeah, that's always fun. Brutal. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Jeff, how has Bad Batch been? I haven't even seen, like, any buzz about it. Uh, what, what was that? Bad Batch, you said? Yeah, it's Star Wars. Jeff's oh. a Star Wars fan, so I thought I'd just ask. Yeah. I have no idea. you're not down with Star Wars. I think I'm tapped out of my limit of nerdy things to be fully invested in. Like, Never. between pro wrestling and the Mighty Ducks, I think I'm good to go. Why was now. I not invited to that stream there? Uh, dude, I could have uh, participated. No, dude, dude, that was no offense. That was the best podcast I've ever done. Like that was that was the best podcast I've ever done. Like I could take all the stuff I done for Fightful and all the stuff here, and all the stuff with Jesse, and all the stuff with MMA on point, and all that. I could. Mighty Ducks podcast. That was that was my that was my. Well, um, I'm looking my, for my masterpiece. A, I'm looking for a new podcast partner here. So <laughs> if anybody's interested, hit me up. No, I was kidding. Oh um, yeah, you watched that. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> yeah, me and Sean Ross App were live during the the Mayweather Paul fight, and we had like 1,500 live viewers, and like most of them were just spamming like it was like the most toxic chat <laughs> i've ever seen um but thanks john I, th I thought i saw you in there um but yeah thanks for checking that out it was a lot of fun once we turned the chat to slow mode and the moderators had a chance to like you know filter stuff before it got to the screen we were we were good to go but that was uh that was overwhelming that video had like thirty thousand views the next morning or something like that was that was nuts yeah yeah, it it hits a different audience, man. It hits it. I'm like people that don't watch fighting message me because they know I watch fighting and say, "Hey, like, what do you know about Logan Paul and Mayweather?" Like, it's just disgusting, actually. Like, it really bothers me, and I'm definitely gonna get into it. I want to wait till a little bit more people are here before I do that, though. But um, yeah, not not a fan. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm looking forward to talking about that that card. I got a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah. Try to keep an eye on the uh, 
the chat and everything. Okay, I think I got everything pretty much up to date. If y'all are in here already, I know we got like 15 or so viewers. If you don't mind hitting that thumbs up button as you kind of trickle in, it helps us out a ton. Um, and it's totally free. It takes like half a second. And that's, um, I think, a big part of the reason outside of, you know, getting good guests and stuff that we've had lately. Like, you know, we've been seeing a lot of success, like numbers wise on some recent episodes. And I think a lot of it has to do with the algorithm realizing people are giving us a lot more thumbs up than normal. So yeah. um, that really, really helps us, y'all. For sure. And it's been fun, too. Like we've been able to have some guests, some some dream YouTube matchups and things like that. So um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, anybody that you guys have in mind, let me know if there's somebody that like we didn't think of or somebody like back in the day that you guys really enjoyed. I'm willing to basically have whoever on. So um, as long as we can get along, I guess. But otherwise, like I said, I think it's fun. It's kind of cool to revisit some of the things and uh, it's definitely been uh, entertaining. Um you know what the hell with it? Let's just talk about Floyd and Logan. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the PFL on this other screen real quick okay. before I forget, so we can keep an eye on the main event whenever it comes up. But I, I can still hear you. Go ahead. Um, I mean, I don't even really know where to begin. My my biggest thing is is I guess first let me just talk about Floyd Mayweather the person. Um, I think Floyd Mayweather is a bitch. Like, flat out, I think he's a disgusting human being. And this is coming from someone who was a big Floyd Mayweather fan. I was really into um, the flashiness, the cockiness, the character that I thought was a character. Um, And it really turned out more so that he became the character. And... What people don't really understand is is that Floyd was a 300,000 pay-per-view buy until he fought Oscar De La Hoya. He was not Money Mayweather until he fought Oscar De La Hoya. He was the Nate Diaz that when he fought Conor McGregor, he got the shine. Now, he'd always been like a big up-and-coming star, but no one ever really gave him the rub. His first pay-per-view fight was years into his career. Like, I don't even know, 10-plus years, and he fought Gotti. And then he fought Zab Judah. And these were like 350,000 pay-per-view buys. When he fought Oscar, that's when he really took off, right? So um, at the end of the day, Floyd's a bad person. Like, Floyd has had five domestic abuse um, accusations. He's been arrested for him. He's pleaded guilty on them. He locked his uh, baby mama, his first wife. He locked her. He locked his kids into one room while he beat her ass in the other. And he went to jail for that. And now she's dead. And he holds her next to his bedside. But yet, at the end of the day, nothing this guy does ever gets criticized or he ever gets crucified for it. I don't I've never heard somebody in modern era come up to somebody and call somebody the F word, the homophobic term in blatant daylight and get like hardly any flack for it. There's just something to do with Mayweather. And what he did here is this is what he said after the Logan Paul fight. When it comes to 
legalized bank robbing, I'm the best. <laughs> he is openly telling you that I am stealing your money, that I am the best at stealing your money. I'm not going to try hard. During the pre-fight, they flat out said, you know, you've been in a lot of fights and, and boxing matches. And he's like, this is entertainment. So he's letting people know right off the jump, like, this is not a real boxing fight. This is not. And yet people buy it. It's just unbelievable to me that this guy can just keep getting away with being a terrible person and being able to promote these exhibition fights. And in my opinion, it didn't go so well. Like, I, For Floyd, like it was closer than it should have been. That's what, what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. Like, I think Floyd expected to, as soon as I turn this thing on, I'm going to take care of this kid. And he couldn't do it. And he missed a lot. And he got hit more than he was supposed to. I remember one, he threw like a looping punch and, and Logan Paul hit him with a jab just straight to his face. And I was like, God dang. And like, there, and then people, like the commentary was all like, Oh yeah, dude, like he's just playing with his food and oh the master's at work, he's about to put it on him. And it was just like it that's not what happened in that fight. And in the post fight, you could see the embarrassment on Floyd's face and his manager's face. And I don't think you're ever gonna see Floyd in the ring again. I really don't. I think Logan Paul retired Floyd Mayweather. I think that Floyd didn't do well uh, in my opinion at all. And, I mean, Logan Paul is a 0-1 boxer. The, the size advantage was drastic, no doubt about it. Like, massive. And then people want to talk about, well, he just hugged him all the time. That's what Floyd did with Manny Pacquiao. That's what Floyd did with Manny Pacquiao. And here's another thing about Floyd Mayweather that a lot of people don't know in Vegas. Floyd would only fight in Vegas because it's the only commission that allows him to numb his hands. And on top of that... The night before he fought Manny Pacquiao, he took a bottle that was full of saline solution and injected it into an IV uh, into his veins. So they could, it, and, and what they said is that's a masking uh, tactic that people use. So, Mr. I'm clean and all this stuff, he, he, why were you taking a bottle of saline solution? through your veins in an IV before the fight. Not only that, Manny Pacquiao has always been allowed to numb his shoulder if he had an issue. He had an issue with his shoulder. He was not allowed to numb his shoulder because Floyd owns Vegas. Like Floyd, and he wanted to fight Logan Paul in Vegas, but they wouldn't allow it because it was such a joke of a fight. But this is why boxing is what it is today. This is why these kids from YouTube are able to take over. Because the best in the game was never about having great fights. He calculated, picked his opponents. He cherry-picked opponents. And all these young cats are now following his footsteps. So if you want to find out why boxing is what it is, it's because of people like Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, I mean, I agree with like pretty much all that. I, I just, as someone who doesn't, like, cause I don't really care that much about professional boxing. Like yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like I'll get interested if it's like something really big, but outside of that, like I don't care so much. And I saw this all for entertainment value. Like I didn't view this as like some high level, you know what I mean? Even, even on the, 
broadcast before the fight, they showed video packages of Floyd Mayweather's exhibition fights and they showed footage of him versus the big show at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, like that should be enough kind of just like, I think anybody complaining about the show doesn't understand what they're watching. I'm not saying you, because your your perspective is as a, is as a boxing fan. Like you think this is ruining a lot of things about boxing. Well, not, not just that. It's not that I'm necessarily complaining. I'm complaining to the people that are buying this garbage. Like this is a joke. And the fact that like Showtime boxing would actually play this on pay-per-view. Like this is the best you can do in boxing. Are you freaking kidding me? Then you have Floyd's 44 years old. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao is 42 is about to fight Earl Spence. I mean, that is like night and day difference in competition. And I'm going to be honest with you, Stephen, if Floyd fought Jake Paul that night, I don't know how well that would go. Because I think yeah. Jake Paul is better than Logan. Well, he's and definitely I got more knockout power for sure. That's what I'm saying. And how, like, he definitely, Logan definitely connected on Floyd. I don't care. Like, yeah, you can yeah. cover up all day long, but like the first round, like Logan just unloaded on him. Like, yeah, it didn't connect solid, but there were a couple times he did. Dude, and yeah, like, and people, I give him serious credit for even like there was people that were making that were making fun of him because of, of his technique, and I'm like, I don't care if he looks stupid throwing those punches. At least he was going for it because he could have easily just taken the money and just backpedaled the whole time. One hundred percent. He was trying to win. Like he was trying to win the whole fight. So, and, and I think that that threw Floyd off. But I also think that Floyd completely underestimated him. He's like, dude's zero one. This is nothing. Whenever I decide to put him away, I'll put him away, and it did not go that way. And then people are like, well, he's just holding the whole time. And then that's my thing. Another thing, too. How many times do we hear uneducated people that don't know combat sports, that only know boxing, think that because all these MMA fighters go into boxing that they're going to get destroyed? How many times do we hear that? But yet the moment that some YouTuber wants to close the distance on Floyd Mayweather, he could do it anytime he wanted to. So how how bad would Floyd get destroyed in mixed martial arts? I mean, oh, it yeah. wouldn't even be close. And people need to understand that. Like, well, yeah, I don't think that that's even. I mean, so, but the people you're talking about already don't know, like, because there's a. I mean, because here's part of the problem, right? From like their perspective of like what you're saying is because there's so much interest in an event like this, it brings in just like the most casual of casual viewers, yeah. and that's a ton of people. And they get on social media and they think that they know what they're watching and they and they comment on it. I like I'm just really, really good about uh, compartmentalizing that kind of stuff and just not even paying attention at all to what like people I don't care. Like if I don't care about your opinion, I just don't pay any attention. Right. And but but that's so like I don't really care what their perspective is because these also are these also aren't the same people that are gonna like they might order like a big UFC pay-per-view, but they're not going to watch every month. And so, no, 100%. Like, so, so like, so they don't really know what they're talking about. So it's like, kind of just like, it's kind of like listening to just ignorant people talk about something they don't know anything about. So like, but, but that's the, see the big, the big problem with all of it is that the unfortunate, the unfortunate real, like the unfortunate truth of all of this is that at the end of the day, prize fighting is exactly that it's prize fighting. And there's more demand worldwide to see YouTubers with 20 million subscribers than the current stars of, of pro boxing. 100%. And so like, I don't fault Showtime for doing it. I mean, it makes them look uh, strange, right? Cause like you want them to be like this, 
this company that's like prestigious and like the best fight the best and like they're the best the big promoters and all this stuff but like there there's more money in the other side of it now now could that change big time if jake paul and logan paul these guys like wind up fighting like if tyron woodley just goes in there and like takes jake paul's head off you're not gonna see hardly the volume of like what we're seeing now it'll go back more to more of i think celebrity versus celebrity type stuff but this is it's just really it's very strange waters we're in with all this but like i don't my, my my biggest issue, honestly, with the response I saw to it, were all these people complaining about the fight itself, whether it was booked or the or the actual fight. Yeah. And I had I just have to ask the question, like the honest question to any of you who say, who may have been in that boat, anybody who watched that fight, and you were like, because it would have no matter what, like if if Logan would have went in there and knocked him out, all oh, this fight is fixed. Floyd's washed up. One hundred percent. If Floyd went in there and knocked out Logan, oh, this should have never happened to begin with. It was a YouTuber. There's always going to be just mobs of excuses and all this stuff but like at the end of the day i really ask you this question if you're one of those people did you even pay for it to begin with because yeah. i think a lot of people stole the fight and then still complained about it 100 <laughs> so. 100 well i mean but i know people that like gave AEW a shot for like revolution right and thought it was total dog crap after the explosion bomb fiasco sure and they ordered that fight and I'm like, you mean to tell me that you would order something like that and yet you're going to complain about AEW? Like, give me a break. Like, that's that fight was a joke. And fans, too. So, like, and then their excuse was, well, I need something to do on a Sunday night. Don't order it. And that's why I kept telling people, like, don't order this stuff. Quit supporting this stuff. And even Floyd's on to it now where he's like, well, we all know that, you know, well, hopefully we do okay on the pay-per-view buy because now, you know, young people, they they legally stream the fights. And it's like, dude, you're, he just I, – I, I'm so upset with him just because he led boxing into the ground. Like, there was a time where, like, boxing had a pay-per-view every month and it was a big fight. And it was in different weight classes. And now it's just like – it's just a total disaster. And I can't believe that the biggest draws in boxing are Paul brothers. Like that is just nonsense. And like for people like Canelo, who's seen it right now, like it's insane. And, and, but the biggest thing is, is it then these assholes are going after the UFC about their pay structure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you produce terrible content. Your fights suck. And it's just a bunch of, like you're just basically decorating a turd. That's all you're doing. At the end of the day, you're selling a turd, but you just put glitter and glam all over it. Like the UFC delivers constantly. And we can we can talk about fighter pay all day long, but at the end of the day, all those fights matter. And like to get to the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather uh, fight is a chore. It's a chore. You've got to get through this terrible undercard with like Ocho Cinco for crying out loud. And, you know, Ocho Cinco has always talked about how he's trained boxing and how nobody wants this. And Okay, so we saw it. Um, you know, whatever. Like, he looks like an athlete. He looks like an athlete who tried to learn boxing. He did okay. He had heart. Um, he got caught. And then the, the guy that beat him is like, I've arrived. Yeah arrived you beat ocho cinco like what the hell is that who cares even my dad watched that he was like this guy's lame as hell 
like <laughs> terrible, right? And then Chad's like, I want McGregor. Like, oh my God. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it, it, it almost just feels like stay out of your, like stay, stay in your lane. You're, you're way out of your lane right now. Like this is embarrassing. And I'm hoping that with the Aaron Carter fight coming up or whatever, like that is going to be such an embarrassment that it's going to be like, the Logan Paul and the Jake Paul and all these will be all put into one. Like it's just going to be celebrity boxing. Well, remember, like they've been doing be like, this. They've been doing this forever, though. It's just now. It's just they've got the right people who like can actually generate a lot of yeah, like money in it. Because like I mean, you remember like Screech and Danny Bonaducci and like oh, yeah, all this. But, so, I mean, like, it was like bottom of the barrel, no money. Like Tanya Harding was in there. Like yeah. it was a bunch of nonsense. But now, I mean. You know, if they wanted to do Eminem and Drake, it would be massive, you know? Like, well, it's because but, they can do it in boxing because, like, that's only, like, you only have to worry about the boxing aspect. Yeah. That's, like, the whole reason. And that's the whole thing, too, is, like, you can literally just crush any argument for any of this, like, that's anti-MMA or whatever, with the very simple, they won't actually fight, though. Like, it's like, right. you can talk all the trash you want about being a good boxer. That's cool. Like, I mean, they could all beat the hell out of me. Like, that's undebatable. Like, like I think the Paul brothers are pretty impressive considering that they're YouTube stars from, from teenage years. And I'm really not hating on them. I'm really not. I just, I, I don't think someone of Floyd Mayweather's caliber should have ever given that kid a chance. And even yeah. like, that's what Logan Paul says. Like, I can't believe this is actually happening. I can't believe... But listen, Floyd will sell his soul to the devil. He has no problem with that. So he will give that kid a chance. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like, I, I I truly think he retired him. I think that Floyd's legacy was tarnished that night. I it, Like, whatever he's done, he's done, right? He's one of the greatest of all time, no doubt about it. But, like, you've never seen him look that bad before. So I, I just think that he's he's done. Yeah. I mean, he might – I because the, the, the thing at this point for – Floyd is I think he would gladly just continue to do what he's doing with like these because like we saw him fight tension and in a rise in and like and but the reason that that was so fast I think was because tension actually like high level kickboxer like Floyd probably took the training a lot more seriously and just went in there like just didn't give any any chance of the possibility of him losing that fight just went in there and smoked him but like that's the thing. I think if Floyd can continue to get away with it, he will. But the problem is finding somebody who's actually popular enough, like a Logan Paul. Uh, a, Jake Paul would be like the obvious option if he beats Tyron Woodley. But they have to do that in a pro. It's got to be a pro fight. Like it's not going to be like an exhibition. That's going to be for real. Like with see, the record it, it on the line, to, it would have to be an exhibition because of the weight difference. Yeah, I guess that's true. There's no way Jake's gonna. It's still gonna wind up being like Jake's a like one ninety. Jake's like one ninety. So like that's that's, that's the whole point of the, the exhibition is you can do any fight that like to me Floyd is definitely dangerous still if he wants to fight a hundred and forty five pounder or whatever one fifty right and when he goes up to those skyscrapers or whatever like he's not gonna do well it's just not gonna go well yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point with the with obviously with the weight difference um, that it would have to be an exhibition. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. Like, I don't because Floyd's even saying it himself too. like he retired from boxing. He didn't retire from making money and entertaining. And that's basically what he is at this point. He just just Floyd Mayweather, the entertainer and. If that's how he does it, that's how he does it. But, but I mean, like, what, what, it, only, it only lasts as long as, as people are interested, though. 
That's part but, of it too. But it's like he's really not that entertaining. That's what just is right. so crazy. Like this is not like like it's just the fact that he convinced everybody that he's the best because of his record. That's it. Like and people just want to see him lose. Like that's a big big part of it. And like, that's massive, right? But yeah. like I ain't paying money to see a YouTuber see if I, if, if Floyd's going to lose. Like that's not going to happen. You know, yeah. if Floyd were to fight somebody legit then yeah, that makes some sense, but you know, yeah, it is what it is. Listen, at the end of the day, I hope we don't see Floyd Mayweather back in the ring. I'm over it. I'm over him. He has done so much damage to boxing, and uh, he's he's just been a, a terrible ambassador of the sport. And I'm just ready for him to go away. But they did announce Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. How do you feel about that fight? Yeah, I've been pretty vocal about that one. Um, I mean, I was going to say, it, I think I think Jake Paul's going to knock him out. I really do. Oh like, like I mean, Woodley, because Woodley, I mean, yeah, he has he has power. Like, I was there in Atlanta when he knocked out Lawler for the title. Like, that mm-hmm. was a great knockout. I'll never forget him knocking out Josh Koscheck with like three punches on the way down. Like, mm-hmm. super impressive stuff. But I've heard some people talking about this. I can't remember who I listened to earlier today talking about it, but. We were talking about Woodley's boxing and granted, like he's trained with Freddie Roach before and stuff. Like he's like, he's done, he's been training boxing for a very long time, but also had to worry about all the other aspects of MMA. And most of his MMA boxing is based around striking and then going for a clinch or striking, then going for a takedown. Like it isn't like just bobbing in and out footwork, just straight up boxing most of the time. Right. And Jake's been doing nothing but training just that for four years and we know he has knockout power and we know Tyron Woodley has a compromised chin and we know Tyron Woodley is not the same fighter he was when he was the champion. So I, and, and Jake's younger, um, he, he's going to be in Tyron's head before the fight. I think Tyron's going to be standing there. Like if I actually lose to this kid, like what's going to happen to me? Like he's yeah. going to really be thinking about it. I think. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I mean, I know I sound crazy even picking Jake because like on paper, I really should pick Tyron, but like, I really feel like Tyron was like the worst off, depending on how you look at it. He's either the worst or the best option that they've, that they've chosen because I think he's with, a great option for Jake. If, if, because there is some risk there now, right? For sure. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and for Woodley, like it's two giant ends of the spectrum, depending on the outcome, like either really he is, either he loses and he is a joke forever because not only can he not go back into combat sports after that, we know he's failed as an actor and as a rapper as well. So like, who knows what he's going to do outside of fighting. Yeah. And, but if he wins, he completely redeems himself and he's the savior of MMA. And he's the one who shut Jake Paul up. Like he turns yep. it all around. So yep. like, it's too Like, could you imagine segments. if he knocked him out and then he just shows up to like, see a UFC fight. And oh, like yeah. Tyra Woodley just walks down the, the, the aisle and people are just like, yeah, Woodley, you know, yeah, Woodley, all doing his Woodley. I'm in, I'm loving it. I love it. You, I'm in, 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 out of love. I can see, I can see Dana bringing him back. If he knocked out Jake Paul and just like having him fight like bums, just be yeah. like, you're my guy. Well, that's what a lot of people don't even realize. Like, He's been so bad lately that the UFC just didn't even bother renewing his contract. Yep. So like a lot of people think he's a UFC fighter still, but like he quietly would just like not resign. So like, yep. so that's another thing too that I think people might not be realizing is like Ben Askren actually needed permission from the UFC to do it because he was retired, but he was still under contract to them if he was going to fight. Yeah. But Woodley is totally out of contract, so that's yep. what makes this 
possible as well. Dana White doesn't have to approve any of this. Yep. That's the only reason it's happening, honestly, because right. I don't think Dana would give him any more fighters to fight. I really don't. I think that he wants them to make their own money and not live off of his stuff. So I, I think I think it's possible if if Jake beats Tyron, I think it's possible Dana gives him Connor, and he's just like Connor, just be the dude to do it. Just go do it. Like we'll we'll all make so much money off of this, and you can just go shut this kid up for everybody. Like. I could see that would that be maybe. massive. That would yeah. be a big, big fight. Although the weight difference is definitely there. Like Connor would have to like fight at one seventy five, and Jake would be like at one ninety. So. Well, we know that Connor can definitely be you know that big and, and be and be good in the in the octagon. So yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, if if Connor loses, then I think that's definitely a a way to go. If he wins, then I think he needs to stay focused on the title hunt. But agree. Yeah, I, man, I don't know. I'm so over it. I just want somebody to put these kids away. Like, I respect that they're they're at least taking it seriously. There's no way they're not. Like, they busted their ass. They they definitely like if Logan Paul was terrible, he would have got killed by Floyd Mayweather, and he he held his own, man. So like, props to him. Yeah, and all these guys have you know. I got to give them credit just for having the balls to even make the walk, and then also like even a guy like Ocho Cinco, like. These guys, it's not yep. just the performance, it's like their egos too. Like they yep. know how it's going to be perceived if they go. And he went out there and he almost got knocked out cold. Yep. I mean, and he could have easily, it's an exhibition. He could have just stood up and been like, that's it. And they would have, they would have called it, but he kept fighting. And like, so even though it wasn't like this great technical fight, it's at least like, it, it made me definitely more a fan of Ocho Cinco as a person. Cause I saw that and I was like, you know what? He could have easily taken the easy way out. He didn't have to do this even to begin with. And he yep. did it to test himself. And, you know, it, I, I just accepted it for what it was, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is the real fights during that show were, were screwed up because of the rain and they're slipping all over the cash app logos and stuff. And those are like the actual legitimate boxers on the show. It's terrible. Yeah. I, God, it's just whatever. <laughs> like, let's talk about something else. Um, okay. I, I will say this though. I, I was entertained by the, but it was, it was a freak show, but like I knew that going in and I was, I, I felt like I watched what I was expecting to tune into. And it actually wound up being better than I expected because Logan made it competitive in there. So. Yeah. Like uh, the, this whole narrative that I hear people like, well, it was what it was. It was just Floyd Mayweather just outboxing Logan Paul for eight rounds. Like, mm, it really wasn't that like he, he got hit way more than he should have. He got wrapped up way more than he should have. He, he lost missed. like two rounds. Yeah. He <laughs> missed a lot too. Like, clear like logan used a lot of head movement like props to him like he definitely missed a lot too so overall like props to logan paul i don't really want to see either of them fight again but whatever like i'm sure it'll happen i don't know who logan paul would fight i mean honestly if it's not anything big in mma or anything i mean him and jake paul would make a lot of money and they both considered it so i i think that, that would be a massive fight so you saw that Scott Coker also said that Logan's oh, yeah. welcome to Bellator. Which um, I mean to me, Dylan Dennis, that's what Dylan Dennis would want. I mean, I I'm so annoyed by Dylan Dennis. Like he has literally done nothing. He's done absolutely nothing in MMA. And he is just like a big shot run his mouth guy that hangs out with Connor, but yet he only wants like these huge massive fights. Yeah. I lost you for just a second. We're good now, though. But yeah, 
Yeah, I uh, I was complaining yeah, about Dylan Dennis garbage. Um, I would, but that's I mean that's that also like if Logan went into MMA, like I just got to give him even more credit though, like for just having the balls. Like these are all things he doesn't. He has money. Like he doesn't have to yeah. do any of this stuff either. And it's like he lives in Puerto Rico. He does now. Yeah, yeah. He just yeah. He lives there. in Puerto Rico to avoid taxes. Yeah, which is smart. I mean, no, I'm not. I mean, yeah. if you can do it, why not? Yeah, because he still has a place in uh, in California as well, but yeah. he's there. Yeah, technically, he's a resident in uh, Puerto Rico now. Which, yeah, yeah, smart for the money, and uh, and that's the thing too, man. Like, if he had the balls to go into MMA, and like we know he at least wrestled in high school, like at least he has some sort of background of like knowing what this is a little bit more than just boxing. Um, no, like Uriah Favors vouched for both of them, saying they're both athletes. They both are good, like wrestlers in high school, and like you know, I mean, they're not just YouTubers. You well, and it's I mean? like if CM Punk can get a chance in the UFC, like Logan Paul is way more qualified than CM Punk ever was. Let's be honest. Boy, they so. missed the boat on that, huh? Yeah, Jake Paul versus CM Punk in the UFC. Oh my God, they would beat the shit out of CM Punk, though. That <laughs> I wouldn't know even they would. Be, oh my God, that'd be so bad. I know they would. I mean, I, de- I never understood Punk doing the MMA thing in the first place. Like, I get that he loved it and all, but like, he was never an athlete. He Dude, really wasn't. He was so was- much more of like a ring general, know when to do the right things at the right time, but like, not a real legit athletic guy. It was, it was. You know this term well. It was wolf tickets is exactly yeah. what it was. It was Definitely. this guy had convinced us that he had been like that he was actually good at jujitsu and like well, he's in he the always ring. did the Vanderlei Silva yeah. thing. So you're he's like, in the oh. ring doing spinning back fists and anaconda vices and yeah. stuff. And he would and he would go to the UFC live a lot as a fan. He so, would like, train jujitsu. I knew that. I knew he Cole Miller. Train I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. it was like, oh, okay. Well, I was just like, well, maybe you can get guys on the ground and tap them out or something. But like, yeah, he didn't yeah. know anything. No, and that was the big telling sign for me was when I, w- I would notice in interviews, even before he went to the UFC, when people would ask him in interviews what belt level he was in BJJ, and he would always be like, I don't believe in belts. Like, you know, it's just about training for me. And like, you know, I don't really know. And then like within like a day of Rufus Sport, they were all like, maybe a white belt. Like maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> God. That's why I'm so surprised he hasn't come back to wrestling just to like redeem his name because his lasting image is just him getting his ass kicked in the UFC. Yeah, like, by even a just, photographer. Just do like a match, just one match, just to so people could think you're like cool again. You know what I mean by photographer? Yeah, well, and it's like the older oh, he gets, God. the lamer it becomes because, like, at what point do you want to see like a 40 something year old dude like. You know, like you know, like and this comes from a, time. This comes, this comes from a Sting fan. You know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> I, 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 you know, I would like to see Punk redeem him. I, the only reason I want to see CM Punk involved in pro wrestling at all at this point is strictly just the big pop and the big welcome home from the yep. wrestling fans. Yep. Because after that, this is what people I think also don't fully grasp with CM Punk. The game has changed. And yeah. he will get lost in the mix so quickly. The only thing that's going to be a saving grace is his popularity. But his level of what he did in the ring is going to be way worse now at his age and how long he's been out of it for. And most of his move sets unrealistic now because we all know he sucks at MMA. So like yeah. you can't even so like you can't even like if he comes in and has like one big feud and one big match, like that'd be awesome. But then after that, it's like I still want to see Cody. I want to see Osprey and Omega and Zack Sabre. Like those types of like these guys are all so much better than Punk ever was in my opinion yeah. now. So yeah. like 
You know what I mean? Well, and a lot of it just punk can talk, right? So like people sure. want to see the promos, people want to see the build up. And I do think that he's good enough to still have a good match, especially with guys that are really good in the ring. So I mean, I think it would work, but I just long term, like I don't know about that. I think he's more of a guy you just want on the poster. You want the action figure, you want the video game, you want him to pop up. Like if he was a guy in AEW that just wrestled every pay-per-view, like four pay-per-views a year, I think that would work. And it'd be cool as hell if he wrestled every now and then and when he wasn't wrestling, he he replaces JR on on the commentary. Jesus like Christ. you know what I mean? I'm, like I, I will settle for just about anyone over JR at this point. But like, like but like J but like Punk, <clears throat> Punk Excalibur and Shivani would be a really good team, and then Taz is on there pretty often. Like that would actually be really good, probably. Yeah. No, I've always liked Punk on commentary. I always thought he was really good. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm fine with that. So first of all, um, Andrade signed with AEW, and I am extremely excited about that. I think that it, it was kind of off the radar because I figured if they wanted him, they would have signed him right off the bat. We found out later on there was a little bit more of negotiations going on, things like that. But overall, I mean, that's a huge signing, and I feel like it just is like – not really being talked about as much. And I, and I, maybe it's how he debuted. Like, I don't like these with Vicky Guerrero. I don't think that, I don't think necessarily he needs to be healed coming in because so many people are going to be excited to have him. And so it's going to be kind of tough to boo him. Right. So I don't know about that. And at first, like, I was like, the, the way you view Vicky is Nyla Rose. Like, that's really all that she's been doing is just Nyla Rose stuff. So like, now Andrade, it just, I don't know. It, it didn't really click for me. But, and, like, God, dude, why didn't they just do that debut at Double or Nothing? Like, to have him come out with that crowd would have been amazing. And instead, like, I don't know how you feel, but to me, like, Daly's place is, like, hanging on by a thread. Like, they're just, they've seen so many shows. They just, like, basically peaked at Double or Nothing and they just got to get these few dynamites out of the way and like just get to touring cuz it's just so just bleh. yeah um i definitely agree about the andrade signing like it did seem a little underwhelming the way that they presented it on tv and i do think it would have been better to do it at the pay-per-view cuz the live crowd and the reaction it would have got um from what i've under from what i understand i don't know like what to, to what level but i've heard that Andrade might have like some creative control in his contract. I don't know if that's true I heard true or not. That he wanted it, and Tony Khan said no, and then they agreed that he doesn't get it, and he still signed something. Like okay, that. well, that that I like that better than him having creative control. Yeah. Not, not that not you know I just don't like the idea of wrestlers having WCW like, all day. Yeah, like exactly. can't do it. Ruined my favorite thing ever. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, but um, but yeah, so him with Vicky, not a fan of that. Um, he doesn't really need anybody, I don't think. But, like, if he's going to have somebody, I'm sure they could have found someone. I mean, even if it was, like, Alice Abrahantes or someone, like, that dude's been good on the mic for uh, for Pentagon and stuff. Like, I yeah. mean, they, you know, like, they have options in AEW if they really needed to have him have a manager. And if they're concerned about him with, like, well, I mean, Vicky Guerrero, you know, you know, Vicky Guerrero is Vicky Guerrero, but, like, we're used to seeing him next to, like, Zelina. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, so if you want to present that character, like, Find a woman who's like, you know, in her 
twenties or thirties or whatever. And that, that, so it makes him look like a badass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know what Vicky Guerrero adds to his character. Like all that it could possibly do is if they go some sort of route to where, and this might seem disrespectful, but like this, maybe, maybe they go some sort of route where Vicky sees Andrade as the new Eddie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. something like that, like that might work if, if she's like, if they're like in the back and they're watching tape or something, it's like Guerrero doing frog splashes and stuff. And they're like, see, like, this is like Eddie. Like I see you do this. And like, you can be like, uh, you could be the biggest Latino superstar ever, like under my guidance, you know, cause I know what Eddie did, you know? Right. So like maybe that, like, that's all I can say is like, maybe, but yeah. you know, that's where I'm at with it. I guess I, I felt, I felt like it was strange as well though. When, when, it, when he debuted. How are you feeling about the Daniel Bryan meter at this point? Like, I haven't been following it at all. Um, I mean, the fact this- that it hasn't happened, that he hasn't re-signed with WWE to me is a decent sign. Not saying it's for sure great sign, but it's a decent sign. Because if you really wanted to re-sign, you probably wouldn't have let your contract run out. And if you did let your contract run out and you wanted to re-sign, you probably would have re-signed by now. So I don't know. Yeah. And I, I feel the same way. I just don't want to get my hopes up, but like, I, I mean, that's, I would love it. Obviously. I mean, that's like the biggest of all the potential free agents in the world. The one I want the most in AEW is definitely Brian Danielson. I mean, that's unquestionable. So yeah. Um, I hope that, that that it happens. I just don't. I did see something about Total Divas might not be doing shows. Bellas, at, yeah, oh, they're not, whatever. They're, yeah. they're not reading. Well, the Bellas is bigger than Divas for Daniel Bryan because the Bellas is about their right. lives. That's and what I meant. I just Daniel don't, Bryan, yeah. yeah, but Daniel Bryan is kind of involved in that show, and if they're not going to renew that, that kind of opens the door too because it's going to be hard to do Bellas and him be an AEW. But if they're not doing it, then that kind of helps too. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I, uh, who else did we have from free agency that you want to talk about? Well, just, that, that was the big signing and then Daniel Bryan, but we did have releases. Um, right. I mean, Samoa Joe's out there as well. Not really sure where, where his path is. Um, AEW does make sense, but I mean, at, at some point, man, I just, I just don't know how many guys they're going to go with. And and part of that is because of the recent releases, right? Um, Braun Strowman, to me, was was really surprising. Like, I just didn't expect that one. That one was, was like the whoa. Um, but to me, it's like, if you look at it from a business perspective, I don't think Braun has very many places to go, right? And so... If he doesn't, then why, as a if, if I'm WWE, why as a company am I paying him this much money? Right, that's exactly why I think he got released. That's like right because he was getting paid between one and one point five million a year, from what I saw. Right. So, so to me, it's like it's justified, but it just it just was crazy that they would actually release something that they put so much time and effort into. Like, I remember when I was at Survivor Series in Houston. And um, that was AJ versus Brock. And the main event was like SmackDown versus Raw. And Braun was put over so big in that show. Like he was basically looked at as the next guy. And the fact that he's already released is like crazy to me. So um, 
that one, and I, I don't think he fits in AEW. I, I the only reason to me why if you're AEW you would even consider him is just for the kids, right? That they've grown up watching the WWE at this point. That you know that that's their favorite wrestler or whatever, and they see him on AEW and they're like, oh, I need to watch him. You know what I mean? Yeah, Big Show's probably sitting there like, no, we don't need to bring him in. I'm still active, guys. <laughs> right. Mark Henry. I yeah. got a couple more in me. Um, yeah, like, we don't need this happiness. Like, get over here. <laughs> yeah. So, to me, that that's that was that was the biggest shock. Um, to me, if you're a smart Mark, you really wanted these other two to get released, and that's Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy. Uh, Alistair Black, it was a little surprising just because they just recently brought him back. But it was to me, after hearing his interviews and stuff, he seemed far more happy than what the internet was reporting. Like, the internet basically made it out like this guy's been asking for his release forever, he wants out, and that doesn't seem like the case at all. Yeah, I feel the same way from the, the little bit I've seen him talking about it. He really seems like it seemed I part of it's him probably just being like a good dude and just like believing like what people tell him at face value. Yeah. Because it sounds like for most people after a certain point with the WWE, when they have conversations about the creative, they're probably like not taking it that seriously. They're probably like, Oh yeah. I mean, I get it. They've told me I was going to get a push a thousand times. It's never going to happen, but Hey, at least they told me that I think Alistair Black actually believed all the things that they were telling to him. Like, you know, he really thought he was in line for a big push and he thought this and he thought that because they were telling him this stuff. But behind closed doors, they were like, no, we're not doing anything with this guy. Like, we're just got to keep him around because we don't want him going anywhere else for whatever reason. Uh, Chris, the super chat. Appreciate it, Chris. Um, so you can see Braun and AEW, the price is right for Tony Khan. But in my opinion, he's not worth seven figures a no, year. No. Yeah. I mean, that's my thing. I think he's going to have to eat a lot of humble pie. And I, I, I personally think he's going to come back way, making way less to the WWE if that's what he chooses. If he continues to wrestle, I yeah. feel like that is his future. Like so, that he'll go back to the WWE for way less money. Yes. Yeah, I think, I I think don't that's really, exactly what's going to happen. Because I don't. He's going to find out that basically the money that they're willing to offer him might be even more than what other places are willing to offer him, even though it was way less than what he got paid, or he's just going to try to do like movies or something like that. But I, I just don't, I don't think he's a big indie fit. I think it's really hard for guys that have never made it in the indies to get cut and then try to make it in the indies. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. The PC is just, they just taught him how to be a sports entertainer. He does not have the base for like going to the indies and wrestling. Right. So like, um, yeah, I mean, and he's just not, he, yeah, it, it's, he's a, he's a strange one too, because of all the stuff he said when the pandemic was going on about yep. indie wrestlers. So like the wrestlers aren't going to want him to be really in the locker room anyways. I can see was, Tony Khan blackballing him just for that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that Braun Strowman brings anything to the table for AEW. I don't, I just don't. I, I mean, do think. You think he brings eyeballs to WWE fans that might be willing to tune in because he's now on that show? It's like, possible, think, but like, do I really want those fans that bad? 
No, but I, but this is the same thing about the Logan Paul crap, right? It's like you're just getting a mass amount of people to get eyeballs because you need ratings, you need pay-per-view buy rates and all that other stuff. So it's like, does AEW only market to an, to their audience or should they try to get some stuff from the outside audience as well? I would do as much as I could to be different from the WWE from that regard. because. Right. Because where their success is, I feel like, especially going forward into the future, it's that our demographic, people like myself and you, who watched the WWE for 30 years. WCW. Yeah, all all of it, right? We're all bailing on the product. But but we haven't given up on wrestling. We're just watching AEW instead. So if a but so the the last thing AEW needs to do is keep reminding us about the WWE. So now, granted, there are going to be people that are going to be a great fit in AEW that come from the WWE. Like, I think right. Aleister Black is a no doubt, one hundred percent has to come to AEW. Like, that yeah. is like he is he is perfect for that AEW roster because they don't have anybody like him. Not at and, all. And but he, but he, but it is in ring style caters to what they do. Yep. So like that is a home run. Guys like Andrade. Tommy, do you think that Tommy and like that name, like, do you think, do you think that he's going to be exactly Alistair Black, but in AEW, but with the name Tommy in, or do you think he's going to be somewhat different? I think it'll be fairly similar. I think it'll be, ve- I think the whole situation will be very similar to when uh, Ambrose had to go back to the John Moxley name. Like, you didn't change too much about what made people like about him. Yeah. He just changed his name. And the good thing about today's wrestling fans is they understand all this. Like they're not going to look at it and be like, Tommy end. How stupid yeah. is this guy for changing his name? Like they, they get that part of the business. Like that right. gives you a new name and you don't have it anymore. So like, yeah. um, so yeah, I mean, so, but Braun Strowman is just, he's too WWE. Like he, he's, he, like, you're just not going to get, I just can't. I mean, maybe he can come in it, for it, some sort of attraction type he's stuff. The, but. He's the Baron Corbin. Like, if Baron Corbin were to be released, he would be in the exact same position, in my opinion. It'd be very similar. Yeah. The only the only saving grace Strowman has is is like his size. Like, he is so massive yep. that like you can. And he's athletic. I personally, I personally think he would do well in Impact. I really do. Yeah. But like, I just don't. I don't see him taking. I think he would think it's an insult to work there. When he has to take a big pay cut, no matter where he's going, yep, like I agree, like, literally no indie promoter is going to be able to. I shouldn't say be able to afford him. I mean that is kind of true, but like I heard he wants ten thousand in appearance. Yeah, I saw that as well, and and I don't. He's I think he's claiming that isn't true, but like I, but there, that's what people also have to understand is like the only way you can even pay somebody for an indie show, like you. you the way the indies work without like this long conversation about it is like you, you have to have enough people buying tickets to come to the show to even be able to pay the wrestlers. And the most expensive tickets are like 50 bucks and there's like 400 seats. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's like high end. Right. But like most places it's going to be like 10, $15, no seats. And it's once there's 200 people (laughs) in the building only. (laughs) Yeah. Once there's 200 people in the building, no one else is allowed in, but guess what? It's really going to be about 50 people maybe in there. So like, so there's just, there's just no money to pay a guy like that. Even guys like Cody Rhodes, like I, I could be wrong about this, but I think even at like his peak of like bullet club out of WWE, like biggest draw in the Indies, 
I think his price was like two to three thousand, and it was wow. like justified because like that because that's still good money, but like yeah. they can bring in so many fans yeah. that are willing to buy tickets and buy merchandise and buy food and drink and all that that like it was worth the money to bring Cody in. Braun isn't a draw like that. No, like no, like I who, think who, who I who think they would be indie fan is like I want to see Braun Strowman in, in in this high school gym. Like no one cares. I think they would be he would be better off by just doing like cons like appearances and stuff like that to where you know he can sign figures and autographs for people and stuff like that but like i don't i don't think that like to actually pay to see him wrestle i don't think that that's going to work out at all yeah and once again like there there's also the possibility to give him the benefit of the doubt there's also the possibility that he's better than what the wwe showed us like it's possible like it's possible that they like because there was guys like Eric Rowan, for instance, who like when I saw him in the WWE, I was like, this guy's terrible. But then I heard him in interviews where he's like, they told me literally to be as close to a Frankenstein monster in the ring as possible. Like I was told to move stiff and only yeah. do this move or that move. Like, and then you see him outside the WWE, the little bit of indies he's done, and you're like, oh shit, this guy's like way better than what I thought he was. Right. So like there is that possibility, but once again, it's unlikely because he never had that base before getting to the WWE. So like, and it's also not like people have all these dream matches of like Braun Strowman versus like Lee Moriarty on the Indies. Like no one's going to like these people, the, the people who are big on the Indies now just are bad stylistic matchups for someone like Braun Strowman. It just probably wouldn't be that good of a match. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm tough. with you. So let's get to Buddy Murphy. Okay. Because I would love to see him in AEW, but most people are basically treating him like he is not um, good enough to do mm-hmm. it. Like he's he's okay, but like AEW can get bigger names and whatever. But what do people compare him to? A lot of people have compared him to Kenny Omega. They're like, he needs to go to New Japan and he can be their new Kenny Omega. Like, if he sucks, then that sucks. But if he's not good enough to be in AEW, but his comparison is Kenny Omega, right? I, I don't get the, the – I mean, me personally, I think if he goes to Impact, it's great. If he goes to Ring of Honor, it's great. If he goes to New Japan, it's great. If he goes to AEW, it's great. Like, I think that wherever he goes, he will do well. So I think that AEW could be a tough spot because there's so many guys there good enough to be in AEW. Personally, like preferably, I think New Japan would be a really good idea. But right now, there's not too many foreigners wanting to go to New Japan. There's a lot of foreigners that are looking to leave New Japan. So like that just doesn't seem like an ideal fit to me. So maybe even impact. I mean, I, I I think that if you put him on impact, that's a championship caliber type of guy in impact. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think he'd be good anywhere he goes, but I do think he'd be overshadowed if he were to go to AEW right away. Um, but like in ring, he's very good. Like I, I think some of the Kenny Omega comparisons probably come because like he throws V triggers the yep. same kind of way, you know, has same like, kind of the build, like yeah. he's he's, he's very fast, very quick, like yep. like you know, um, can 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 uh, go fast speeds, very his acceleration is very good. yeah. Um, 
But if I had to like choose a place, like I think New Japan would be really, really interesting. I think Impact would be great because he could he could be like a world champion level guy in Impact like pretty much right away. Yep. Um, and have really good matches against. I mean, guys when like you're Ace talking Austin. world champions right now, you're talking like Eddie Edwards, Moose, Sammy Callahan. When you bring in someone like Buddy Murphy, I mean, to me, that's like you jump the line. You know yeah, what I mean? Es- especially if they could have like main event level matches where it's like. Buddy Murphy against guys like Ace Austin and Chris Bay and like Willie Mack, like these kind of guys too. Like, I mean, yep. there's just a lot of really good matchups for him. And, um, but what I really prefer to see, like if it's me personally, I'd like to see him work the Indies because he does uh, the, the complete opposite of Braun Strowman. He matches up really interestingly against the top indie guys. And, oh, yeah. we, and we know that he's down to go out and just have killer matches. Like if he went out there and, and he could wrestle, um, you know, I could name so many different names, but you know, you, you take you know any anyone that's big on the indies right now. He they go you know go forty five minutes an hour with Buddy Murphy, like it just have this like killer match. Like he could do that with so many different guys. So well, and you're talking or, about or completely, ML, MLW would be a great option too. By the way, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about completely raising your stock too. I mean, like once he becomes the uh, indie name, like then there's exactly. definitely going to be some buzz behind him. I think he could do that in Ring of Honor as well. I mean, if you wanted to talk about a little bit more of rebranding of Ring of Honor, I think he would be a great signing there. Um, so, yeah, I think he, wherever he goes, he's going to be successful. He's going to be really good. Um, I think out of those, those are the two likely to find a a home quickly. Um Ruby Riot, I think she's definitely AEW material. I think she fits. She's different. She um, she fits that fan base a lot more. Uh, she's she could just be herself a lot more there. So and they could always use more women. They're definitely not like overcrowded in women's wrestling. Um, so I, I think that she could definitely show up in AEW or Impact. I could see her going to Impact as well. Yeah, I uh, when she got released, the first place I thought of was Impact. But part of the reason I thought that was because I didn't realize it until afterwards. But like, so she had been dating Jake something, who's who's in Impact, and I figured like, oh, they're together. Like, then she'd be great for the Knockouts division. So like, I think Impact would just be a really natural fit because she'd have everything she wanted like right there. But they're not together anymore. So like, I was like, okay, well, if they're not together anymore, I think AEW then like for sure like. Cause like, why not? Like they, she would add to their division. She is something different. Um, Hi- Heidi Lovelace, was that her name on the Indies? Yeah. Something, something yeah, Lovelace. It Heidi was. Lovelace. Um, so like I, anything AEW can do to just continue to get women that know what they're doing in the ring. That's like, that's all I care about. Like she's very competent in the ring. She's over. She has a fan base. She was good on the Indies pre WWE. So like, we know she's, she, she can, she can do her thing on the Indies. And I, and I think that, uh, I think that AEW is probably the best fit for Ruby Ride as well. Yeah. Um, so with that, who in your mind, because I don't think they're done releasing people. I think mm-hmm. more are coming. I don't want to speculate on who's going to get released, though. Yeah. So, so I, I'll go ahead in my couple okay. of them. I think Ricochet is going to get released. I think Cedric Alexander is going to get released. I think Keith Lee is going to get released. I think um, – I think those three definitely stand out. I could see a lot others because here's the thing. If they're about to do a new draft and they're about to um, 
go on touring, uh, I think that there's definitely going to be more releases. I also see NXT guys getting released. To me, the way that I read Triple H's um, call today, like he seems like he's kind of edgy, and I feel like it's because NXT's future is in jeopardy. Yeah, um, I talked about that a lot on the Twitch stream tonight, actually, because me, you, and Brandon and Josh have talked about this exact thing where, like, that's I think Triple H is probably feeling the heat a little bit right now because it's becoming more and more clear that the PC and NXT doesn't work for what it was intended to work for. So now he's in a position where, like, the PC isn't generating homegrown talent. NXT has lost all the buzz that made it what it was to begin with because now there's a better super indie and it's called AEW. Now he's probably sitting there like, maybe I'm not getting the keys to the kingdom because this Nick Khan dude is here making all the, all the deals and, and, and everything's going this direction. And, and on, on top of all of that, we've had to move our show. You can give whatever excuse you want, but you had to move your show because AEW was kicking your ass every week. So yeah. like, so I think he's just feeling the heat from all those angles. Not only that, I think that they also announced that they're not going to tour. So that was pretty crazy to me. That's weird. And then, and then, they also said that the NXT takeover will be a week after SummerSlam. So it will not be in Vegas. It will not be in front of a big crowd. Like, come on, like start putting the things together here. Like NXT is in trouble. I feel the same way. I really do. I mean, like a true, I think they're really kind of doubled down uh, during the Wednesday night wars and Triple H was constantly, you know, it's a marathon, not a race, no big deal, no yeah. big deal. And then all of a sudden they had to move nights because yep. they were getting their asses kicked. I mean, so it's like, now what? Like, what excuses you got? Like, it isn't a marathon because, like, you quit, you 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 lost. So yep. so now what? I mean, Raw, there's one and a half million people a week watching Raw, which is absolutely pathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that you're every everything. I mean, imagine being Triple H, by the way. Like you grow up your entire life wanting to be a pro wrestler. You get into WCW, you're like this mid-card jobber, basically terrorizing. Yep. You wind up in the WWF, you're kind of the same level, dude, but you work your way all the way up and you become a world champion. And yeah, you're married to the boss's daughter, but like you, your talent did get you there. Maybe the boss's daughter got you there a little bit faster, but you, you were still the top level dude. Like, we'll I'll be honest about it. Top level guy. And then you take all this time of your life to learn the backstage aspects and to get in good with Vince and the family and to become a part of the writing all the way up to, you know, COO of the company or whatever he is. No, that and you now, bring your buddy Shawn Michaels to help ru- help you run I, it. I mean, the whole clique basically runs the PC and stuff. Yep. And it's like, and and it's like everything is all set up, and the moment is here, and everything you've been working your entire life for, like you're about, like Vincent Man is God of pro wrestling. I'll say as down as as I am on WWE, like I will never stop saying that Vincent Man is the God of 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 what I consider to be professional wrestling, and you you're about to become God, and then it's just taken from you. Like it's yep. just you know what, f- screw it. Like we're going a different direction. Yep. That's the thing the position Triple H sees himself in right now. Yeah, I agree. Which is it's just crazy to me. But you also look at it too, like remember like when NXT was in its prime, two former champions have been released, Andrade and Aleister Black. That's why I feel like guys like Ricochet is gonna go too, because it's another 
former big name from NXT. And my like, I don't know what happens on Sunday, but I don't think you put five guys in the ring to have Cross win. I think you feel the same way. Yep. You you're gonna have Cross lose, but you won't have him actually be counted. And 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 like like that's the best that they've got, and it's so stale at this point. And like, I don't really see this getting fixed. That's my thing. I feel like the pandemic affected NXT so poorly and I don't know if they're going to recover. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like we've talked about it before, but NXT, I think a big reason why I feel so stale is because the top of that card is just stuck in purgatory at this point, because outside of, outside of carrying cross who I'm sure my, my thought is that carrying cross loses the title in that five way, just like you said, and then they bring him to Raw or SmackDown, yep. and and he, and he he has a chance on the main roster because yep. of his size. Like he has a chance. But the here's rest another of these thought guys... that, I, that I just thought of too: mm-hmm. is why have an Alistair Black when you have a Karrion Cross? Because that's like Vince's. Like yeah. he's bigger. He's like he can talk better on the mic. Like the whole nine. Like to me, he's the better version in Vince's eyes of a type of dark gothic character. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point because there are a lot of, a lot of similarities between the two characters. So like um, everything that they probably wanted to do with Alistair Black, Vince is like, shelve it, release him, and we'll put Cross in instead. That's a really good point. I mean, that very well could be the case. And, and like the rest of NXT is just, it's a whole group of guys that want nothing to do with winding up on Raw or SmackDown. So like, they're just stuck. They're just stuck in NXT purgatory. Adam yep. Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, all those guys. They're just stuck. So, like, you know, well, either either they're going to have to make a decision soon where, like, the WWE, NXT, whoever's in charge, whatever, themselves, whoever makes the call, at some point they're going to have to make the decision where, like, if you want to stay around, you know, Johnny Gargano, you know, we're going to need you to become a producer for NXT because, like, we're out of stuff for you to do in NXT and on camera and you don't want to go to Raw or SmackDown. So, like, you're either not going to work here anymore or, like, you're going to take a backstage role or you're going to become a jobber to help build the next generation because that's – I mean, I, I, Adam Cole has more – I think Adam Cole has more um, more um, talent than anyone yep. in the whole company that they have uh, in, on any brand, right? Outside of Roman Reigns, maybe. Adam Cole, he's the man. But, like, yep. him on Raw or SmackDown, he's done. Like, he's the next Ricochet. All these yep. guys are. So, yep. it's like – that's that's just a big part of the problem and and once again it goes to the other big issue where like the pc they can't they can't create their own their own talent through the pc because they keep failing over you might get one baron corbin or one uh bianca belair out of every few thousand people that come through there but everyone else that they're relying on is going to be already established talent from the indies who are now either deciding to stay on the indies or sign other places and not come to the WWE because they're afraid their ruins are, their careers are going to get ruined if they sign to the WWE. Like I know of a wrestler right now. I'm not going to say his name. People can probably figure it out because I talk about these people all the time on, on my podcast. There's a guy that I know for a fact has a verbal agreement right now with the WWE to come in in September. He's on the Indies right now. Big name on becoming a big name right now. One of the biggest names. If you're really paying attention, he is now I'm hearing through his best friend 
that he's considering just not going through with the commitment because he hasn't signed anything yet. He's had a verbal commitment with the company Don't to come do in it, September. Bro. But Don't it's do like it. but that's the, how how insane of a time are we living in where there are people turning down six figure contracts with the biggest wrestling company in the world because they're afraid their career is going to get ruined if they go there. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, and, and like Osprey said it too, where he was like, the WWE used to be a place where like only the elite were allowed to go. And now they literally like offer contracts to so many people. So it's like the prestige of it has kind of gone away too. Right. Yeah. Big and, and so it's like, you can hold the same belt Jinder Mahal did. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. Like, and, and they're they've got these huge plans for SummerSlam. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be Roman and Cena, which I think is the biggest match you could possibly do. So you know, I think it'll be a cool thing. I don't know if they're going to sell out no no sixty five thousand at a football stadium during the same night as Pacquiao Mayweather or Pacquiao and uh, Spence. They might because it's a different fan base. Don't get me wrong, but and there's definitely people that are like been dying to do something. So I think that helps too. Sure. But I just don't feel the buzz, man. I don't feel the buzz at all for them. I mean, Roman, that's all you hear about Roman, Roman, but you don't really hear about anything else. I mean, even like a Bianca Belair, right? Like the moment was really cool for her. She had a good match, but I don't hear anything about Bianca Belair anymore. Like, it's just kind of like she was that, the, the road to get to the title was more entertaining than her becoming champion. So, We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I can't speak too much to the Bianca thing just because I don't pay really attention. So like, I really yeah, I don't, don't watch, know. but just on my timeline stuff, I never yeah. hear anything about her. Yeah, I, yeah. So I, it's a, uh, it's quite the predicament this company's got themselves into. It's uh, it's, it's very, kind of it's, unbelievable. And what's funny yeah. to me too is like all the things that they love to make fun of WCW about that they love to post on those documentaries about how. Nobody knew what was going on and how they would change stuff with like five minutes before they would go on air. And they would love to just post all that stuff. They are doing the exact same thing now. Dude, it's like y'all said in the old, we talked about the video before on this channel. It's like the old, is Vincent Man such a genius videos? Like yep. it's, it's that. It's the same guy who took Hulkamania that was already successful, that was already popular. And yes, the combination of them, creating WrestleMania one. That was a huge gamble. That was the biggest move Vincent man's ever made. It was huge. It was successful. It worked. And then we saw the real Vincent man. We saw garbage men and we saw hockey players and we saw all this bullshit. <laughs> and then, and then the mid nineties roll around and the NWO gets popular. So they make DX. The attitude yep. error becomes a thing because ECW. ECW and, and then, and then all that goes away. WCW goes out of business. ECW goes out of business. And then what are we left with? Another era of just, crappy wrestling yep. and then what happens everyone starts wanting to give up so then they lure people like me back in by dangling nxt in front of us by taking all of our favorite indie wrestlers who once again were already successful before they came to the wwe and then vince used those guys for a while and it was like oh this is great and now we're in the same position we're in before we're seeing <clears throat> we're seeing stuffed animals wrestle former mma fighters we're seeing um uh feuds built built on hopscotch and slime and slime you know what I mean? Like th this is Vincent Mann, people. Like this is the real mind of Vincent Mann for wrestling. He doesn't have anyone to steal good ideas from right now. 
this is what it is. And the only reason he's even reacting at all on the ratings or as low as they probably are is because guess what? There's all these way better options now. So there, there is more, there are more eyes watching wrestling now than ever before in the history of existence. And the least amount of people ever are watching the WWE, like put, do the math there. Like mm-hmm. when you talk about the, the attendance possibly having issues, at first, maybe not because, like you said, people are going to be fiending to get to the arenas to do something after the pandemic. But, dude, that's a th- when you lose our demographic. When yep. is that because the, the ratings reflect that too? It's the, the eighteen to forty nines that are all bailing on this product, yep. and we're the ones who go and spend money. Like, like you're not going to be able to fill an entire arena of just eight year old kids, like, yep. you know, and their parents, like. You need the the fan base like us to come in to fill the seats, to spend our money, to buy the merchandise, to buy beer while we're there. Like, you can't rely on just a group of eight year olds to to drive your entire product. And then guess what? Those eight year olds grow up, and if you can't generate a new great group of eight year olds, then just nobody's watching anymore because you've lost all the hardcore fans. Because that's another thing these these ten year old kids at some point will realize. Oh shit, you know, when I turn like 15, like a few years from now, like I'm just gonna like AEW more anyways. I might as well just start watching that now. Like, why yeah. am I even watching the WWE? You know, like well, and it always starts out right where they're like, Oh, I grew up with Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man, but then I saw Shawn Michaels and then I saw this. Like, right, it's gonna be no different, you know what I mean? Um, but with WWE, you're gonna be going, Yeah, I saw Jinder Mahal and I saw Braun Strowman, and I saw and it's like who the hell wants to go there? Well, and then this is my thing too. Do you really think that new, newly brought in Nick Khan is really like pressing Vince on stuff? No, I think Nick Khan is there one hundred percent to put a nice little bow on this company and sell it to some big corporation. <laughs> I that's, agree. That's one hundred percent. Nobody wants to, to admit it, but I, I truly think that that's what's going on. And if it's not, I mean, I think that he's definitely going to be a yes man to Vince. I think that he's going to be selling content to um to to the networks and things like that but it's not about quality they don't care they just need to say hey we got SummerSlam uh 2021 we got cardi b in that thing john cena's returning you need this where hey we've got this you know and they know that nxt is not something like that that they can really push that's why they want to move on from nxt they want to focus, and I don't see the performance center going away, right? I see NXT going away. I see the performance center actually being something that was supposed to be from the very beginning, and that's actually training future talent. But the idea of this super indie third brand, I just don't think it's going to last much longer. Well, I feel the same way. Like it would, it would have probably worked had AEW not come around and done it way better than they're doing it. Like that's a big part of this problem, I think. Um, Because that's the other thing about NXT is like if you have if there's no AEW there in your NXT, once again, no AEW in in the position in in the in the picture, then you're looking at a situation where things could have kept continuing because you push you push out the Adam Cole's and Kyle O'Reilly's of the world. And you signed the Darby Allens and the Jungle Boys and the MJFs, but they're not yep. there for you anymore. They're going yep. other places. Yep. So you don't even have so the only and way then to not get only that, that is to, if they, is to build them in the PC and they can't do it. And not only that, if they become free agents in AEW, 
these free agents will not sign with NXT anymore. They'll be like, no, I'm not doing that. I'll have to go straight to the main roster or nothing. And so they're going to lose so many guys that way because so many guys from Ring of Honor and all those other indies were willing to go to the NXT Performance Center first. I don't see that happening if you've been on TV, on Dynamite for for years, and all of a sudden they're like, we need you to learn how to do our style. We need you to go to Performance Center. Like, no, hell no, I'm not signing with you. Yeah. So I, it's just it, – it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it, it it is, and I know um I know we got a super chat earlier. Yeah. We'll definitely get to that, y'all. If if you have any super chats, feel free to send them. We will make sure to deep dive and highlight any of the questions or statements you have. Um, and also just to keep an update, I think we're in like the third round of the second fight still of PFL. They're really dragging it out. So like this, I think it'll time out pretty perfect to where we can watch the the fight as the last thing on the show because yeah, we're, we're still gonna we're- have a whole another fight. We're going to do a live watch along on Clarissa Shields. If you guys don't know who Clarissa Shields is, she's best, basically the best boxer, female boxer in the world, and she's making her MMA debut tonight. So uh, let's see what she's got. And it, it, it props to her for actually stepping in the cage instead of having them come up to her. But That takes balls. Is, she is fighting somebody that's three and six. I have no idea how good she is. It doesn't sound like she's that good at all, but – Whatever. I mean, it, you you got it. You can't put her in there with a killer right off the bat. You well, know it's because like it, it, I I honestly think it's li- this is one hundred percent a almost like a CM Punk situation where they're like, all right, let's get someone in here yeah. she, who's beatable because like if she can if she can win tonight, they have to do her and Kayla Harrison next. Even if even if Shields doesn't look great, like. They gotta strike while they can with that. So that's such a dangerous fight for her. Though. Like Kayla Harrison will kill her. It is, but I think it's a. I think it's gonna be a dangerous fight between her and anybody that's like world class in MMA. Like at least at the beginning, because she's so new to it. That like you got you gotta take advantage because because that's the thing. If she gets murked by Kayla Harrison, then it's like she was supposed to get murked by Kayla Harrison, and she can fight someone else, and then we can really see where she's at. But if she loses to one of those people before. Kayla Harrison, nobody makes that money that you would get. You know what I mean? Another thing that sucks too is they're both 155. Like there's nothing out there at 155. It's all 145 and under. The only interesting thing would be is if Nunez and or right. Cyborg were just willing, just they just didn't want to cut and they can make that happen. Because PFL at least Cyborg is, is do it. But and Cyborg the good thing with PFL it. is PFL has let Harrison fight other places before. Like she stays under contract and they let her go fight elsewhere, which is awesome. See, so. I think I think the fight to make is Cyborg and Clarissa Shields. Now they've trained together and stuff before though, but I think that's a much more intriguing fight because it could be more of a stand-up fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Let's go ahead and get this super chat answered. I don't want to ignore it um, and forget about it. So what are your thoughts on the Matt Edge lead a storyline, the work segments, matches? What was your reaction when Matt was released? So with this, um, I was very uh, like emotionally invested into this storyline. Bill and I both were, and uh, we thought it was BS. Like we were really pissed off because it was like not only did Lita cheat on Matt, but Matt got released also. Like it just it just made the company look real bad. And then you had Lita and Edge just like make out on TV all the time. So the way that Matt came in, like, because what they tried to do at first, which was really terrible, was they tried to have Kane be the Matt Hardy. Right. That was and weird as hell. That yeah. That was so bad. And then they brought in Matt. And 
Um, I remember thinking that it was could be a shoot because he said ROH. Right. And he I was just it, like, yeah. oh, my God, he yelled ROH. Like, maybe this is not a work, you know? And then they did a bite this, and Matt called in on bite this and let Lita have it. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. I've it's heard fantastic. it. I remember it. Yeah. Not sure yeah. you good as gold, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. – and, Edge gets so pissed, and uh, I hated the way that they did SummerSlam. Like, they basically had Edge beat him in, like, five minutes. It was a joke. And then, um, and mind you, at this point, too, like, I didn't view Edge way bigger than Matt Hardy. I really didn't. I viewed them as almost peers. Like, um, Matt Hardy was really big on on YouTube, like, when it first started. Like, he was kind of promoting it, and the whole Matt Hardy will not die, and the Matt Hardy brand was like, that was one of the first, like he was like a lot of people credit Zack Ryder. Like Matt Hardy was even before Zack Ryder, like using the internet. He was one of the first wrestlers. I remember really using the internet to like promote himself. Yep. He really did. And, uh, he was getting a buzz and, um, they had that unforgiven match that was really good. Um, and Matt jumped off the cage and all that. Like, uh, and Matt actually won that. And Matt came across like damn near a main eventer that night. Like he he really did. And then it just kind of died down after that. But whenever wrestling kind of crosses over into reality, like it's always uh it's always uh, entertaining in my opinion. It, it it usually always works. And um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a fight, right? Whether it's scripted or not, it's a fight. And your job is to get people to want to see the fight. And they definitely did that. And they definitely left something memorable. Um, and Edge came across as like such a scumbag too, because you found out he cheated on his other wife. And then when you watch this documentary now with him and Beth Phoenix, he seems like just like this great dad, great husband, like yeah, he went through some dark times, but he seems like he's really redeemed himself. So it just, just goes to show you, man, a lot of people deserve second chances. A lot of people um, deserve redemption stories. And that's what sucks about cancel culture a lot of times is a lot of these people aren't allowed to have them now. And uh, you, you just never know how people are going to turn out. Yeah, with, the, uh, with that whole story, like there was some other stuff too that like came from that that I'll never forget, like – I'll never forget Snitsky punting the baby into the crowd because, oh like, because that was a part of that whole story. Also, I'll never forget uh, Paul Heyman during one night stand calling out Matt, Matt Hardy, like when he was talking to Edge, and the crowd just going insane. He said Matt freaking Hardy, and everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Um, so, like, there was some pretty entertaining stuff that came from that. Um, I felt really bad for Matt when it happened because I feel like he really got the raw the raw deal there. Like, I mean, like the like, he got cheated on and then got fired because he was upset about it. Basically, yeah. it's like, damn, like that's that would feel real bad if that happened to me. Um, Especially as long as he was, as he is with the company, what he sacrificed for the company, like that him brutal. and his brother. I mean, like because because yeah. that also brings Jeff into it too. Without him even wanting to be a part of it, so now Jeff's got to choose sides on like whether or not he's hanging around Edge or Christian and like he's got to decide if he wants to stay with the WWE or not. I mean, it's similar to like the Hart family stuff when like Brett got screwed. It's like half the family went to WCW, half them stayed, you know, everything that happened to Owen in hindsight is like, man, I really wish you would have left. You know, it's like, so there's so many things that can trickle from this one thing happening. Um, But yes, I I very much remember those times and I'm very, and I very vividly remember Matt Hardy yelling out for Ring of Honor when he when he came out yep. that night. That was huge. 
Did you see that? I think that would probably be pretty good. That would be good. Edge, Matt, and Lita, Dark Side of the Ring Season 4. Especially if they dug a little bit into the other stuff that I said with, like, the Lita miscarriage and Snisky. Just, like, if you bring that into the story just a little bit, how these insane stories also came from this thing that was they like you said they tried to make Kane the Matt Hardy so they were trying yes. to tell the story to the world as the real Matt Hardy was like on the internet like yo this is really screwed up like this is like I, I will never die Angelic Diablo right I and like Kane is like damn near raping her like oh, totally against yeah. her will like it's so bad like uh yeah it was a it was a very uh weird story but but i do remember the intensity i do remember edge being really pissed off i remember matt being really pissed off i was at the raw homecoming where they had a match also and i during that time so um yeah it's definitely a memorable memorable story in in wrestling history um yeah thanks for the super chat was that from chris the super yeah it was chris again appreciate it chris always Um, always good to have you in here man you're always supporting the hell out of this show so we we do not we it's noticed. We we do not. Um, it does not go unnoticed. Is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, absolutely, you. definitely appreciate it. Um, so I guess with that being said, you ready to jump into UFC 263? Yeah, let me run to the bathroom real quick because I've been on here for the better part of like four hours. Give me uh, give me just <laughs> one right. second, and then I'll I'll be right back. We can do the preview because. The next fight is probably walking to the cage right now. So this timing is going to work out really well, I think. So Cool. Sounds good. If you guys have any questions, and see what's up. Is anybody excited about NXT on Sunday? Like, am I missing something? I, I know that the main event is, but... Uh, yeah, Mani, man, I've got I I went crazy. Um I uh a lot of people are selling their stuff on Facebook. So um I got the, the ultimate Shawn Michaels. It's like um I had to pay a hundred bucks for that, but he's going for like two hundred right now. I got some CM Punks, I got I got the new Christian, the Amazon exclusive. Um, I got the Eddie from, uh, the legends, the, not the new one, but the old one with the red tights. I got him. I got edge with the red tights and, um, the spinner belt, but with the rated R. So yeah, I've got, I've got a bunch. I've been spending a lot of money on figures lately. How's Matt feeling about the brand, John? Is he still all about NXT or is he starting to see it's not going so well? Ugh. Is is Ember Moon even doing anything right now? Like, I mean, not right now, but like, has she done anything that made her the number one contender? Because, I mean, she's, I haven't seen her wrestle in such a long time. Yeah, I'm catching up on some grails. I really want the ultimate fighter or I mean the ultimate warrior defining moments with the with the robe vest thing, whatever. Um 
kind of coat thing. Uh, I want that because I have the ultimate WCW warrior that goes for like a hundred bucks right now. I have that one, but I want the defining moments one. Um, I want the CM Punk elite 16 with the shirt. I have a couple of CM Punks without the shirt, but I don't have the shirt. I need the shirt. So, um, but yeah, I'm, my figure collection's growing insane. If I ever get these Star Wars figures up, that would be nice because those two shelves back there are both going to be Star Wars. And I also did get the um, Disney Plus Marvel Legends um, set. I was able to get that. So I'm doing okay. And then Star Wars Hasbro just announced the new figures that are coming out. The whole Rogue One set, a lot of those are nice. Um, updated face scans and uh, the Mandalorian ones that are coming. I'm definitely going to have to grab. Oh, let's see here, man. Some people just can't let it go, huh, John? Yeah, I mean, I think that Peacock is definitely going to be the home. Or wherever I just I think cable is not going to last much longer. Not not like a year or whatever, but probably five years. I don't think cable is much of a factor anymore. Um, not really. And I have a bunch of ROH DVDs in my closet. Um, they're just chilling. So I basically just like if I buy a DVD, I rip it and put it on my computer so I can just watch it on my Apple TV. So how many external hard drives you got like four you have like like four or five like four terabyte hard drives, don't you? Yeah, I've got like fourteen terabytes on my computer. So <laughs> I then wild. they're like all full. So I've shown Steven the stuff I have, so he knows like I have a ton of stuff. I seen it. Yeah, I've got one four terabyte that like I haven't even barely scratched the surface on and like I thought I had a lot of stuff, but like no. No, no, I know. I, I'm not debating it. I've, no, I'm, no. I will, like, I, will, I, I will give you the crown. <laughs> I'll crush a four terabyte in like an hour. Like yeah. nothing. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, you're going to go see Douglas Lima fight? That's dope. Douglas Lima's the man. He's probably my favorite welterweight to actually watch. Like I I think Usman has to be considered the best welterweight in the world right now. But like Lima is my favorite stylistically to watch right now. What are my expectations on Fast 9? Um I think it's going to be really unrealistic. I think people are going to complain that it's really unrealistic, but at the end of the day, I think that uh, I'll still like it and it'll be cool. I uh, I live my life a quarter mile at a time, Doug. That's right. Um, I have not seen one of those movies since Tokyo Drift. Um, Dude, it's so ridiculous, Stephen. Like, just watch a couple. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm. I got I'm, this gym here, the Cena uh, nice, Word Life. Nice. Nice. I just got that one. It's a good figure. Yeah, I um, they just keep, but don't those movies just continue to get like more and more unrealistic and more and more corny? Like, because I, I actually rewatched the first two movies recently, like really recently, within the last couple weeks. Yeah, and I thought they were corny, but like they were pretty good stories. So I was like, oh, I'll watch Tokyo Drift to see if I could change my opinion of this because I gave up because I thought that was just like such a lame movie at the time. Uh -huh. I was a senior in high school. I remember going on a date and seeing that movie with this girl in high school and us both being like, this is really corny. Yeah. But I couldn't find it on any of the streaming platforms I have. So I gave up. Um, 
but I'm willing, I'm willing to watch every one of these Fast and Furious movies okay. like, to get caught up. I'd be willing okay. to do it because okay. I know The Rock's involved now. Yes. And John Cena's getting involved and stuff. So like I'm I'm willing to dip my Gina, toes back. Gina Carano in. is in six. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Was Ronda Rousey ever in any of these? Uh, no. No. She was I'm thinking honorage. Honorage is what I was thinking of. No, no, she was. She was in seven. She was in seven. She was like a Russian. Oh, okay. That's that she's in a fight point. scene. She's not like part of the team, but she is in a fight scene. Okay, because um, I felt like I saw that she was in one of the. Okay, that's all it was. Gotcha. So, so keep this in mind, Stephen. Okay, so it's like Fast and the Furious one, and then four. Like that's basically the sequel to one, and then oh. two and three is like comes into pieces later. So then after four. All of from two and three people show up in five with The Rock, and it becomes more about like a heist type movie, like a like a Mission Impossible type movie. Once that it was, gets to five, that was definitely like the vibes I was getting was more because because the first couple, well, the first one was about street racing, but then the second one yes. was more about like action movie, and then like then Tokyo Drift was like. Like I honestly couldn't get over the fact that, and this is this is why I ruin movies for myself. Just another another reason. The main character, right? I remember yeah. him racing Zachary Ty Bryan because I I watched um, yeah, Home, Home Improvement. Improvement. So, I like, got I, you. So uh, you you and, are in the nineties. You were yes, deep I, in the nineties. I'm good when it comes to all this talk. But the main character of that movie had to have been like thirty to forty years old playing high schooler. Like that guy was like so much older than like 16 years old. And I was like, I just can't get over this. Like this What's is funny so, this is, is that later on he shows up and I mean, you can tell that he's even older now. So yeah, it's, it's, um, when he show up and go, you, you knew Han. Yeah. Kind of sort of. Yeah. But, um, don't ruin it because I feel like I've seen Han in the commercials, but he died yeah. in the third one. But I, like, I don't know. I don't but, know. Well, no, I'm saying like even just like because after after Tokyo Drift, I had seen him in commercials. But I've also come to understand that timeline wise, Tokyo Drift may have actually taken place like at the end of this whole series. Like so some of it. Correct. OK. It, once you get to six. OK. I'll, six. I'll get caught. And then where, there's also Hobbs and Shaw. There's also Hobbs and Shaw. It which, I heard, be on, which I heard Roman Reigns was only in for very briefly, and I was sad to hear that because I wanted to see him like really be in a movie. Well, The Rock goes to home to like his island or whatever to to escape, and he's one of his like relatives in right. the movie. So, but he has like no lines or anything. But where do I watch him? Um, it should be on Peacock if they're going to be anywhere because that's Universal and Universal owns Fast and Furious. So okay, well I have Peacock for the. I don't know how Network. many they have or what, but it should be the and then like the new one, like probably after forty five days of it being out in the movie theater, will come on Peacock. Okay, yeah. well I'm willing to if I can find the movies because I like I said I watched the first two so recently that like I could easily watch the next few and know what's going on. So. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's basically, um, and that's really what happened dude. once, once fast five hits, it just takes it to a different level. Okay. Fair enough. And then it definitely got affected with Paul Walker dying. Like he was a main character and oh, that definitely rocked the boat and that he died while making seven. So right. once you get to seven and we're like, so we're getting to nine. So, and, Nine, John Cena is supposed to be Dom's brother. 
Right, which is very strange that he'd I'm, be related I'm to I'm thinking adopted, Diesel. you know, like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Oh, and he's like the evil, like, he's the villain, right, John Cena? Yeah, the villain. But there's yeah. also Charlize Theron, who was the villain in 8, and she's continued to be there in 9, so I don't know. Yeah. Me but either. me and my wife are looking forward to it. We're definitely going to go to the, this will be the first movie that we'll actually go to the movie theater for to see. Um, so we we always pretty much catch those. So that, that's cool. You know, when you're married, you got to get the compromises and we, we both like fast and furious. So we enjoy those. We don't, yeah. you know, and they don't really make chick flicks anymore, to be honest with you. So, um, you don't Did really you wanna, have to go to those anymore. You want to know of a movie? I, I watched a movie. This was already years ago, but it was a chick flick. It was, I, and John Cena was in it actually. Now that I think about it, it was the Amy Schumer oh, terrible. movie. Terrible. Dude. Well, John, John Cena was hilarious. Yeah, he like, like he, he's not yeah. what you expected he yeah. would be. That was hilarious. But yeah. like that movie sucked so much ass that yes. I was like, I was like, people think this woman's funny. Like, like she's this not is... funny, and she steals jokes, and yeah. so she's been caught stealing jokes. Yeah, she's not funny at all. And by the way, it's not just for the record. I think women can be funny. Like, I oh, think one hundred percent. I think like Caitlin Olson from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is like one of the funniest people alive to me. Like, she cracks me up. But like I didn't, I did not understand the hype about Amy Schumer at all when I saw that movie. Yeah, Trainwreck. That's what Trainwreck. That was it. Yeah, but there was, I mean, there was. Are there you was a that... Space Jam fan? Am I a Space Jam fan, Doug? I have a Space Jam like banner. Okay, it's, so I, I, I figured, I figured. So, so calm down. Oh, gee. you need me to get it? Do you need no, me to no. Get my, I believe you. My Michael Jordan three You're pack not, from I Space Jam. You. So, how are you feeling about the LeBron Space Jam? Um, I feel like if this would have happened like 10 years ago, I would be like marking out super hard for this. Yeah. Um, I, I hate, well, I'll put it this way. The mighty ducks game changers was done so well that it's given me faith in space jam two maybe being good. Cause yeah. all the other reboots I've seen have not been good. Like, even down to the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, where like, I mean, my some of my favorite movies are Mallrats and Clerks and, and Dogma Chasing and Amy. Chasing Amy. I mean, I have the 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 Mallrats blueprints in my office. I mean, nice. like I'm like I'm I'm but the but the reboot sucked. So yeah. it's like even that wasn't good. So like that's the the but but Mighty Ducks Game Changers has changed my perspective a little bit because I'm like, this was well done and I'm it was you. made it was made for the old fans, but also made to bring in the new fans. So, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. No, I, mean, I know. Me and my All brother day. are actually going to start that like like probably this weekend. We've actually awesome. talked about that really seriously. Um, so, but that's the thing. So that's how I feel about Space Jam 2. I, I saw the trailer. It doesn't look, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't think it looks great, but I do think they're going to bring a lot of nostalgia to it because I know there are all these all these tie-ins with like other nineties movies and stuff. Apparently. I heard I heard MJ might make an appearance too. And that'd be sick. I mean so like I I'll put it this way. I will see it. Um yeah. it'll be uh if it's like one of those HBO Max right to I'll I'll watch it from home uh the yep. day it, it comes out. So that's how I feel about it. I'm 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 cautiously optimistic about Space Jam. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I do okay. have a lot of Space Jam merchandise in my office for real. Like I, I, I'm a very, very big fan of the original movie. You're a fan of the '90s. Yeah, mo- most of them. I mean, not everything from the '90s. No, but yeah, I know, I mean, but that's, like that's yeah, that's my that's my that's I get it. Yeah, that's I get that's, it. that's that's where all my feels are at, man. That's where yep. all the 
Yeah. That's why I have all oh. this. And you were talking about, just really quick, I'll just plug this for myself real quick. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen on my Twitter timeline or not, but I've been frequenting my uh, local Dave & Buster's lately. Oh, uh-huh. And um, I've been doing that most Wednesdays because they have half-off games on Wednesdays. So I go on there with like $10 usually, and I'm really, really good at this one game. It pays out 500 tickets every single time I play it. That's how good I am at it. So anyways, every time I go in there, I get like sports memorabilia. Because, okay. because like I can go in there and win like 25,000 tickets in, in like two hours and then just like get like a mini helmet. So like you're cheating so, the system. Oh, well, it's because, well, it's because I'm really good at this one game. Now, yeah. now the employees have picked up on this and every time I go in this place, like they are pointing at me and telling me like, and I'm like, yo, I'm playing by the rules. Like you can't, this is Vegas. You're going to cut my thumbs off. You know what I mean? So like, I'm actually at, and then these, you're then these same Dave and Buster. Yeah. And then these same people have to, these same employees that are trying to cut me off from this game have to go fetch me my prizes in the prize zone. The same. You know, so, <laughs> so it's great. So this last time I went, I wound up getting 50,000 tickets between me and my brother and we got two signed mini helmets, but like they're mystery helmets. Like you don't know oh, what's okay. going to be in the box. Okay. One of them, Thurman Thomas, Wow. Uh, yeah. Hall of Famer. Bills. Yeah. Yep. The other one, Paul Krause. Hall of Famer. I saw, the, I, I, saw the, I saw what you had. Like how much how well did that work out? Dude, I couldn't believe it. Because I didn't know that it, it was before. a mystery mystery yeah, box, though. It's a mystery box. So like we had no idea. Me and my brother are like, hopefully we get one Vikings player out of anything we get. Yeah. And we wound up getting Paul Krause, which was like huge markout moment. Because the other one was we also spent before on a uh, on a jersey. And it wound up being Chris Hamburger. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's like a he's a all he's like an offensive lineman Hall of oh, Famer. Okay. And it's like and it was a jersey, and that's where we're like. So it's not always a hit, but the last time we went, two big hits: Thurman Thomas, Hall of Fame running back from the Bills, and Paul Krause, Hall of Fame safety from the Vikings. Really cool stuff. <laughs> nice. You know, so the there were a couple moments in the reboot, but the it was like too on the nose. It, it tried to be too cute with itself, I think. In like, my in my opinion, comedy sequels usually don't work out. Like they 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 you can't recapture that magic. Like it's just funny, and then the problem is, is all the funny stuff from the first one. They just try to like do it over again, and exactly. it just doesn't work. Like because they know people are going to want to be reminded of those jokes, so they right. feel like they have to put it in. But then like, it's dumb always and like, dumber, like, right? Dumb and Dumber's hilarious. The second one was terrible. Like it just, and I'm not talking about the one? prequel. Yeah, I'm talking right, about right. the yeah. actual sequel. I agree. like. It just wasn't good. Wasn't but, nearly as good. Not even no, close. Because you just can't capture that magic, you know? Like I just saw that the other day, too. Like, one of my favorite movies ever is the Bad News Bears. And on Pluto TV, they've been showing Bad News Bears go to Japan and Bad News Bears uh, spring training or whatever the other one is. And those two movies suck so bad. It's like... Like, cause I didn't even know, I knew these movies existed, but I never took the time to try to watch them. Uh, but like bad news bears, like I said, I got owned that on DVD. I still think that's one of the best movies that's ever been made. The original, yeah. but like now that I've seen those sequels, I'm like, thank God. Cause that would have been for me. Like, like if D two would have been like the worst movie I've ever seen, that's how I felt about these like bad news bears sequels. Like that's yeah. It's never a good idea to do, but it's always a cash grab at the end of the day. Well, real quick about Mighty Ducks. Do you think they waited too long to do D three? No, because that was only like a year or two after D two. Was it? Yeah, they just look like a lot bigger because like puberty. I think. 
Are you sure about that? D3 was like 96. And D2 was when? Probably like 94. I'm looking up the release date. I think. Yeah, and these are off the top of my head, by the way, y'all. If I got those dates right, I mean. I think, saying... you're, I think you're wrong. I'm saying 96, 94, 93 is what I'm going to guess. You're right. 92, 94, 96. Wow. I just remember, like, enjoy your moment. But I just remember, oh, like, bragging. I just remember, like, the buzz in school. Like, when D3 came out, it was not, like, people were just kind of, like, moved on at that point. It didn't have the same buzz as D2. Like, D2 was, like, oh, my God, they're making a sequel. And it was so much bigger because it was, like, the Olympics. And, like, it just... Yeah. D3 kind of just was kind of flat. They did the same thing with the Ninja Turtles. The first one was amazing. One yes. of the best movies ever. Second one, incredible. Like nostalgia purposes, incredible as well. And little, they, did it, they did it bigger. Like the first one was more like edgier, darker, yeah. a little bit raw. The second one, just bigger, right? Ooze and the um, Toka Razor and all that stuff. Then when you went with the third one, like that was just to be made to be made, like Turtles in Time. It wasn't even that, Doug. You're remembering the video game. It is a common mistake because Turtles in Time was the video game at that point. This was just Three Ninjas. Or sorry, Three Ninjas. That was another one we can talk yeah, about. We, but, oh but, but Ninja Turtles, it just it was just Ninja Turtles 3. It wasn't even like Ninja Turtles 2 was Secret of the Ooze. Ninja Turtles yeah. 3 is just Ninja Turtles 3. And the plot is them feuding with like a Western, like cowboys, but like get sent to Japan because of a lamp or something. It was yeah. so, so bad. It wasn't anything like the Ninja Turtles. Like we were all sitting around like, is this going to be like Krang? Like is like Krang going to be like, yeah. is, like, like which like awesome like Turtles villain is going to be the new, because Toka and Razar were so perfect. Right. And then it was just, Cowboys and, and random Japanese guys. It was so stupid. That was yeah. the biggest one of the biggest letdowns of my childhood was Ninja wow. Turtles three because I still it's another one of those things. same guy. Shout out to Tom Jackson. Same guy I watched Lex Luger beat Hulk Hogan with on Nitro. Same kid. Me and him rented Tom Jackson. Turtles, man, this guy he's a legend. 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 Turtles. Turtles three. Me and him rented that movie at his yeah. house. I would I see it in theaters. It. I would see it in theaters. Oh, see, I didn't see that one in theaters for whatever that was reason. A, that, I was a, have. that was a long walk out of the movie theater. Where it was just like, Whoa. <laughs> oh god, yeah. yeah. I just, I still remember that guy falling. Like it was just like, uh, yeah. Then he implodes into himself. He just disappears. Yeah. It just never even hits the yeah. the water. Just ter- terrible. The jokes in that movie are so so bad. Hey, I'm a turtle and I can't get up. So yeah, I agree. Bad. So I agree. bad. Oh, and also at some point in that movie. April sees a, a rat and she's like thinks it's Splinter's ancestors. Yeah. And then, and then it like pans right to Splinter the next scene. It's like, wait, that was supposed to be like Splinter's ancestors. Like she called that. This is so. I remember even being a child and be like, this movie sucks. And I love the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess, I guess Chris is just wanting to fight today. Hey, D3 wasn't as good as the first two for sure. Um, there's some I still plot think holes it was there. good. I still think it was good. Yeah, it, especially in consi- when you consider how bad other sequels for other franchises have been. Because um, then you look at, like, well, very briefly, because I mentioned it, Three Ninjas. First movie, still a classic movie, still holds up. Second movie, 
Uh, if you consider, depending on which one you consider the second movie. Knuckle Kick, Up is the second one. But Kickback came out Kick first. Kickback came out right. first. So I consider Kickback to be the second because that's the second one I saw in theaters. Yeah. Loved it. It was more of a baseball movie than a, than a ninja movie, but it was a great movie. Uh, and Knuckle Up, one of the worst movies I've seen in my life. <laughs> Hate that movie. Hate that movie. High Noon at Mega Mountain was better than Knuckle Up. And that oh, movie I can't sucked. go there because it's at least the original cast. Yeah, but at least High Noon had Hulk. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I don't know. I don't know. At least didn't all of them have Colt? No, the fir- the first three had Colt, but he the wasn't first three had Colt. I noon had none of them. Yeah, and Colt was definitely the coolest. Can we agree on that? Yeah, Rocky wasn't too bad. Tum Tum can no. just kick rocks. Rocky always got distracted by pussy though. That was yes, like his big. That was his definitely. big Achilles heel. And not even good good stuff either. Just you know whatever <laughs> Lisa you can Dean get. Marino. Yeah, Rocky oh, anyway. loves Emily. <laughs> Rocky loves. Yeah. So. And she, then he loves Miho, the Japanese girl who plays, who he teaches how to play baseball in exchange for uh, ninja lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Rocky. Dude, these movies were fire, though, man. Like, these were so much Dude, better. Than I, saw, out now. I saw, like, some movie in Toronto or some event in Toronto, and they had a meet and greet with, like, six of the ducks. That's tight. And That's they tight. had, like, they, they were all wearing ducks jerseys. You know what else was cool? Ernie Reyes Jr. is like in I Team Diaz. He, yeah. Yeah, like that's amazing. He smokes like, weed every day with him. It's the coolest thing ever. Like and I think know, I told you before, like that dude follows me on Twitter for whatever reason. That's like one of my favorite fall. Like I've got like great. Like John Cena follows me and I don't care. I'm like Ernie Reyes Jr. Like this he, is incredible. he needs he needs to sign that NECA deal so we can get a Kino figure. Like yes. I have to have one. I'll get that. I'll get that. I don't have any of the other ones yet, but I will get that one for sure. And yeah. him with the him with the pizza gear, like yep. holding a pizza box or something, that'd be so dope. It's it, it's gonna happen. They got to oh. do it. Hopefully, it's a San Diego Comic Con announcement that's coming. I hope oh, so. Man. That'd be sick. Those really are. I know we've talked about it before, and we definitely need to make predictions here before the next fight. But like, I uh, those are the most impressive action figures I've ever seen. Those, I finally saw those Ninja Turtles NECA figure, the movie Turtle NECA figures in hand when I was in Nashville uh, last month. Yeah, and those are the most impressive action figures I've ever seen. So of yeah. any kind, of any they're kind dope. Kind. They're really yeah. well done. The only thing that people will kill them on is articulation because some people are like that. But like, I don't really care about that because I pose displaying them. them exactly. It doesn't like, matter to me display, at all. But like, they want to do fig photography and bend their legs all back and all that stuff. And it's like I don't really care. No, nope. I just want to put them on a shelf. Yep. So, all right, let's do these predictions for UFC 263 because uh, the last fight just ended. Uh, so we got Shields uh, up next, but there's okay. going to be some downtime before the fight actually starts. Yeah, and I, I don't think they've read the official announcement. I don't think for the last winter, so we got some, we got a little bit of time here. Um, I mean, we might as well just start off with the main event, right? I mean, and then just kind of work around, work work down the card, I guess. Uh, so boy, boy event- the heat the heat is building on this fight, man. Like it started with them not really liking each other, but like holy cow, they're ready to kill each other at this point. Victorian Adesanya. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if I had to predict out of the three main fights, who could get an upset? For me, it's Vittori. I know what your fight is, but to yeah. me, it's Vittori. I think Vittori. Um, He's really motivated. I feel like no matter what, Adesanya has lost some confidence because he did lose. And uh, if things just don't go his way, if all of a sudden he starts getting taken down and Vittori starts to gain some momentum, I could see there definitely being problems for Adesanya. Overall, I think, though, 
Like, if you go back and watch their first fight, I mean, I don't think it's that close. Like, I think Adesanya pretty much clearly won the fight two rounds to one. But five-round fight now, um, a lot on the line. Vittori's on a roll. So I definitely don't think this is in like a gimme fight for Adesanya at all. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with everything you're saying. Um, the So the thing with Vittori... I'm I'm so on the fence about him. I'm, I am picking Adesanya as my prediction because I just think he has more ways to win. He's he's just more diverse in in his attacks. But like, and we've seen him also in like some some like his fight with Gaslam is a good example of him like yep. really having to reach deep and in, in in deep waters to to you know prevail and, and overcome adversity. But the way I see Vittori, it's like one of two ways. Like either he'll be able to implement the Blahovich style and like yep. be successful. Or he'll come at him like, because I, I see him, I see Vittori very similar to both, to both Jan Blahovich and Robert Whitaker. Like I, I, and and the way, and we saw what happened to Robert Whitaker against Adesanya. So like, if he I think that's damage. Honestly, though, I think that's damaged goods with Robert Whitaker. I think he didn't have enough recovery time from the last fights of Yoel Romero, and I think if he fights him now, I think it's a different story. I'm not saying he beats him or whatever, but I do think that that he did not fight the best Robert Whitaker. Well, I agree with that as well. And I also think that, you know, I think Whitaker has definitely done enough to earn a title shot right now. So like, yep. I hope he fights the winner. So if it winds up being out of Sonya, like I do want to see that rematch because yep. enough time has passed and what you just said, but I just think it's more likely that Victoria leaves himself open for something and Adesanya can capitalize. Um, I'm not necessarily saying I'm predicting Adesanya to stop Vittori, but I just think he, I just think he has more ways of winning the fight, and I just have to go with with Adesanya for that reason. But this, this is the closest one for me as far as like a coin toss of who I would choose. So yeah, it's tough. I, I have, um, I have like a DraftKings, and you're only allowed in a group, and you're only allowed to select so many favorites, right? You have to pick a couple of underdogs to because you only have so much money you can spend, like fake money. Um, and uh, I, I had to pick Marvin Vittori for this because, like I said, I think he's the closest one to get the biggest upset. So, sure, yeah. But yeah. I do think Izzy's going to win the fight. Like, if I have to make an official prediction, I think Izzy's going to win the fight. But if I have to hang my hat on who I think has the best chance of getting an upset, I think it's Vittori. Yeah, I'm with you there. Well, not with you on the upset part, but we're going to get to that. No, I got um, you. Which because I don't even think it's much of an upset what I'm going to say, but like it, it is on paper for sure with the with the odds. Um, the next fight we have Davison Figueredo defending the flyweight championship against Brandon Marino. Um, their last fight was a draw. That fight was awesome. Yep. Um, I was one of the people, if anyone wants to go back to, if you need any proof uh, for weeks when they matched up Figueredo and Alex Perez, I was saying it should have been Brandon Marino and not Alex Perez. And then Figueredo destroyed Perez and then wound up fighting Marino on the next pay-per-view. And then this fight happened. So, but also Marino also won on that same card against maybe for me, I can't remember who he fought, but, um, but the point is they were both on the same uh, amount of time to prep, to prepare for the fight. And then the fight itself was incredible. Like that was probably the best flyweight fight I've ever seen. Like that was just really, I mean, and this had to be the rematch. Like this fight had to happen. Yeah. The big, the big loser out of this is Cody Garbrandt. Cause he was supposed to fight Figueredo. And then that all got pushed out of the picture. And now he's, 
now he's not a contender at bantamweight or uh, flyweight right now. So yep. he's in a real tough spot. But I think prediction wise, I'm going to take Figueredo only be mainly because I think I think both guys are going to make adjustments. But we've seen Figueredo overcome opponents like Benavidez multiple times and that kind of stuff. Where like I just feel like Figueredo at his best, and especially because of his in, incredible submissions and stuff and his creativity, it's very similar to the Adesanya pick. I just think Figueredo has more ways to win this fight than Marino does. So yeah. I got to go with Figueredo, but I love this matchup. I've got Figueredo too, and I think that the power is going to be the difference. I mean, I remember like Moreno would literally hit him with everything he had. And he he hurt him a couple of times, but like he just doesn't have enough power to put him away. And I think that Figueredo, he took that fight on short notice. I don't really think that he knew all what he was getting himself into. I heard he had a trouble with the weight cut. They said possible food poisoning, but he definitely looked fatigued after like the second round, and he was just kind of like trying to hang in there. I think he's going to be in better shape, and I think he's going to hit him harder than he did before. And I think he's going to be able to finish him. So I do think he's actually going to finish Brandon Marino. Okay, there you go. That's a, I mean, it's a hell of a fight. So we both got Fig, we both got Adesanya. The next fight, this is where my underdog pick comes in play. Um, Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. Uh, Like we've talked about before, I'll just get my thoughts out of the way just really quickly because I've said that I've said this a lot about this fight. On on the stand up aspect, I think Edwards is a better traditional boxer. And I think Edwards could have success with like leg kicks and stuff because the Diaz brothers have always had trouble with that type of stuff. Wide but stance. if this wide stance, yep. Um, but if this fight hits the ground, it's all Nate Diaz. Like he is going to outclass Leon Edwards to the 100th degree. Like the, the only time we've seen Edwards lose is to Usman, who put him on the ground and, and got and kept him there. Like, I mean, he's if Diaz, if Diaz gets this fight to the ground, I think he's gonna have no problem winning. So I got to take Nate Diaz for that reason. Wow. I don't think Nate has a shot in hell, honestly. I really? think he's going to get destroyed. I think he's he's getting finished within three rounds. I think, I think he that, subs him. I, I mean, if that's the case, it's, I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. Like, I think that Leon has gotten way better since the Usman fight, of course. And I just think that stand-up, he's better than him. On the ground, I, I just don't – I don't see him subbing him. He could. I'm – Usually with Nate, though, he needs to hurt him first. So he's going to have to rock him and then be able to get into some type of submission position to get it done. But I I just, I think this is a terrible matchup for Nate. One thing that stuck out to me was when Josh Thompson said that he's fought Nate and he's trained with Leon Edwards. And he said that, like, Leon Edwards' speed is, like, the fastest 170 he's ever seen when it comes to speed. And he said Nate is slow. He's like, you can see all of Nate's punches coming. And I just think that that's going to be the difference. I just think Nate's going to think Nate's going to look old and beat up when he's fighting him. Like as a Nate fan, I was really looking forward to seeing this fight live, salt in an open wound. But I never felt confident that Nate was going to win this fight. Like I don't, I don't think Nate's going to win at all. But if he wins, it's great. I love it. Yes. I, I'd love to see him do it. But uh, so you're just confident? Does Edwards not have jujitsu at all? I mean, we haven't had to see it at all if he does. And and the thing is, too, I mean, the the biggest reservation I would have about picking Nate Diaz is the Masvidal fight because, like, yeah. Masvidal picked definitely him picked him. Yeah, I mean, for sure. But 
Nate, and we also know Nate's going to want to stand and bang and prove a point, but like, I think that he's also smart enough and I think his corner is going to be smart enough. I mean, like, especially if he has Nick in his corner and stuff, if his little brother's out there getting pieced up, he's going to be like, yo, trip him. Like, let's go, like get him to the ground. Like, like have yeah. a smart game plan. Don't just be stubborn about it. So like, and that's the thing. I mean, I just, I just, it is five rounds too. That, that could be a big thing. Like, I don't know what Leon Edwards cardio is, but I know Nate can go five. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing too. Like, like Nate or Leon Edwards is a fantastic fighter. He's a guy that if he would have gotten a title shot right now, like without fighting Nate Diaz, I would have had no problem with it. Like, he's already done enough to be. He's won eight in a row. Yeah, like I, <clears throat> I've been saying I, I thought he deserved the shot over uh, Burns. I thought he deserved the, sh- and I know there were situations with you know COVID and him getting two fights yeah. and stuff, but like. I thought he deserved it over Burns. I thought he deserved it over uh, Masvidal both times. Like yeah. if you're counting like actually rankings wise and stuff. Like, but but that said, I think I think Nate's just a really bad matchup for Leon because of the jujitsu aspect. Like I just uh, and, and a big part of it is possible ignorance just because I haven't seen Leon have to use jujitsu or have to really. But like I said, Usman got him onto the ground, was able to keep him there if Nate can get him onto the ground and make him uncomfortable and just start grabbing for body parts and Leon is kind of a fish out of water, like that's going to be a, that's going to be a real uphill battle to be on the ground with one of the Diaz brothers and you're not, not very sure. good at jujitsu. Yeah. So that's just how I feel about it, but it's also totally possible. Leon goes in there and just pieces him up. I mean, Leon yeah. striking is very, 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 very good. I mean, I'm definitely and Leon also has kind of said that like, he's going there to finish Nate, like anything else is disappointing. So um, we know how hard it is to finish Nate, so we'll see. But uh, overall, I mean, this is a great card. Those three fights alone is why you buy the pay-per-view. I mean, it's a very uh, – it's a really good card, especially after the crap that we saw last week. This is the real fights. This is the real uh, – this is for fight fans. This is this is to see the best fight, the best competition. Like, um, definitely recommend this card. What else is on the card? Um, we got two more fights on the main card before we talk about those. Uh, I think her name's Brittany Elkins, I think is the name of her opponent. She's walking um, out. She's now in the cage. So, uh, Clarissa's about to walk out, but we do have a couple of minutes to, yeah, to yeah. get the picks in here. Um, we got Damian Maya versus Bilal Muhammad. I think that's a really smart, I, it's a really good matchup. I, I feel I for think Muhammad. It's a retirement fight from for Damian Maya, right? This was the last fight on his deal, I believe. And so this is, this is the retirement fight for him. This is set up for Muhammad to win. I agree. I totally agree with that. Um, I do feel for Muhammad because, you know, his last fight was the Edwards fight. And then like that just ended super prematurely was an IPO or something like that. Um, so I would recommend him to definitely call out Leon Edwards after the fight, just in case Leon Edwards does lose then you have a setup for a rematch. If you if he wins, then you probably have no shot, but at least you gave it a shot and tried. Yeah, and that's the good thing for Edwards as well, is like he has good options, win or lose, because even if he loses, you can do him and Masvidal. Like yes, that's so could. sellable still, um, especially and with even, Colby getting Usman next. I mean, even if he beats him, right? Because it, it's going to be Colby and Usman next. Right. You could easily do Masvidal and Edwards, and Masvidal would actually be willing to fight Edwards because he beat someone like Nate. So you could do that too. Right. For sure. I mean, that said, like Edward shouldn't have to fight anybody else, but like if he wants to stay active, yes. I think I think you could definitely do him in Masvidal. Um 
but yeah, I feel the same way about the Muhammad and, and Damian Maya fight. I got to go with Muhammad there. It really feels, uh, it really feels like you just said it's, it's propping it up for Muhammad to get a big win over a big name. Who's fought for a title before. And then the last fight on the main card, Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill, which also should be a lot of fun. Um, Paul Craig's one of my favorite guys to watch and he overcomes adversity during fights. Like I remember fights where he's getting his ass kicked and then throws up an arm triangle or something. And like, you know, I just very, very diverse and Jamal Hill's got a lot of knockout power and I think he's undefeated. So like, that's a really good matchup too. I'm ta- and I'm taking Paul Craig in that one uh, just because I think he has, I know it sounds uh, I'm repeating myself a lot with, with this, but this really is the type of card where mace- most of my picks are based on, not necessarily who I like more or not necessarily who I think is like the best fighter, but stylistically speaking, I think that Paul Craig just matches up really well against Jamal Hill. Like if that yeah. fight hits the ground, similar to the Nate Diaz fight, I think Paul Craig is going to be way better on the ground than Jamal is. So Paul Craig was the one that finished Shogun, right? Like yeah. He went to a draw with Shogun and then beat him and in the rematch. Yeah, yeah. And then Shogun basically retired or whatever. I don't yeah. Know. Craig's tough though. He's a he's a good fighter. Man, I'm watching PFL in the uh the like 4K camera they got going on. It's nice. It and looks I saw great. Lily and Garcia. I was like, oh hello. Yeah, she's the ring announcer. I yeah, I, I think I think these are the 8K cams because they they blur yeah. out the background. Um it's beautiful. Yeah. So for those Damn. of you watching the live chat right now, um what me and Doug are doing is we are currently watching Clarissa Shields MMA debut. If you want to watch this live, just jump on ESPN plus or ESPN two, and you can watch along with us. We're going to jump off the stream uh, shortly after this fight's over. So um, we're going to watch this right now. And you all feel free to give us your thoughts during the fight. Um, We can kind of give some updates kind of what's happening here, but fight just started. Here we go. See what she's got. Very slow, methodical. Holding the center of the cage. Yeah. I don't know what she's doing. Elkins. She's got like a Muay Thai stance. Yeah. She's really trying to keep her distance, you can see, with the kicks. Yep. Throwing those uh, those front kicks, but missing. If I was Elkins, I would really just start leg kicks. I mean, just start whipping them. I would shoot. <laughs> or that. I mean, that, and just hope you don't get hit with an uppercut on the way in. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would just get as low as I can and just try to shoot. Do you know Randy Couture, James Tony just angled oh, from like that. Half, half the ring away? Did you see that haymaker she's throwing, man? Yeah. She's got some heat. She's about to knock this chick out if she doesn't get this to the ground oh. fast. If, if once she gets her timing down in MMA, she's about to put it on her. Oh, Uh-oh. Oh, 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 oh. Takedown. Got her down. She landed one or two before the takedown. Uh, Shields did before Elkins yeah. took her down. This she is where it's going to show, like close the distance. She was training with like John Jones and and Jackson Holly Holm and stuff. Holly Holm. Holly well, Holm. Yeah. That's a big one because Holly Holm came from boxing as well, so she can really tell her like this is what you need to know about MMA. This is what you really need to focus on. Like that's that's so a true. huge training partner for her. Yeah, absolutely. Shields getting up. Yep, Shields is up. The girl she's fighting does not look that big. She doesn't. Shields looks big. Is Shields' boob about to pop out there? Kind of looked like it for a second. Uh Uh-oh, now she's got mount. Oh, God, this could be it. 
She's just... Ooh, nice could be cut. Nope. Oh, back to takedown for Elkins. If Shield all doesn't right. gas herself out, though, and can avoid submission, she's going to be all right, probably. But And you can see the power in her punches, though. They're, they're very similar to Amanda to me. It's like when Amanda throws, it's not like your typical female. Like It's like almost like a man punch. Oh, yeah. She and, beat the hell out of CM Punk also. Oh, God, yeah. I think she could beat a lot of like legit 145 guys. Yeah, maybe someone ranked in maybe like the top like like 50 to 100 something like that. And not like not like the tippy tippy top, but like she's legit like and that that's a compliment by the way. Like just yeah. for anyone listening that might think I'm being like sexist. Like for and for me to say that any woman in the UFC can by beat the any way, man in the UFC got, like that's saying something. It really is. She's got mount, full mount right now on yeah. her. She just keeps doing risk, using risk if control. She, if she knew jujitsu right now, like she could totally catch her in something. Because she's just giving her arms. She's going to work a, uh, a head and arm, I think. This is not going well for Clarissa Shields right now. See, this is this is a good example of why they should have just done her and Kayla right off the bat. Right off the because bat. like this is because this is going to devalue that. Like that's just not gonna happen. Kayla's gonna look at this and be like, "I respect Clarissa, but like, if this girl could do this to my me and you is done in in four seconds." And, Imagine and judo I, toss armbar. I wonder. I wonder what kind of coverage ESPN will give this to. Like, will they make it out like a boxer finally tries MMA and gets beat, or will they just try to ignore this because this is this this girl is nothing in MMA like that's fighting her right now. Right, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's not even like a James Tony Ray Couture situation. No. At least, at least Couture was a Hall of Famer before they even fought. I mean, she's got full mount right now, dropping elbows and punches. She's at least Shields is fighting it. She got a minute left though. She keeps losing that wrist control. Like Elkins is, oh, I she's honestly, working for an armbar. 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 That's what I'm saying. Like she's just giving it to her. She's about to oh, get one geez. of those like fade or like belly up armbars on her. Or oh, belly man. down arm bars, I mean. Um, and by the way, y'all, um, if you're still in here, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, yeah, if you don't sure. mind throwing a thumbs up while watching these fights, it helps. The, it helps the show out a ton with those with those thumbs up. So uh, now would be a good time to do that since we're just kind of chilling and watching this fight. And we have more thumbs ups to people that are live viewing at this point. So y'all might have already done your part. Thank you very much for for all of those guys. Wow. She's dropping hammers. Oh, she just hit her there. Five. You got like three seconds left on yours? Yeah. Okay, cool. We're on the same exact. Well, we're both on ESPN Plus, so it should be Correct. the same. But um, but you never know with time zones and stuff. Yeah. They kind of are a little off. I, she looks gassed. Not Clarissa, but the other one. Well, luckily for Clarissa Shields, every that round starts standing. Well. <laughs> that did not go well. But she's got a chance to knock her block off right at the beginning of this round. I mean, and now if you're her, if you're her, you're not going to want to even try to remotely stand with her. Immediately go to the takedown. You see how easy it was to take her down multiple times. So just go for it. Yeah, for sure. Shields needs to come out here like how Usman came out against Masvidal in that rematch, where it was like, yep. Oh, I'm sure he's just going to take him down right away. This <laughs> is whack. All right, this is this is over. 
She should just do a flying knee. Like she's not gonna expect it. Flying knee. A flying knee. Oh, flying knee. Gotcha. Yeah. Damn, damn lame. Not everything is mighty ducks. Damn. I'm kidding. I heard you say flying knee. It's, <laughs> happy. it's my gimmick, man. Come on. Yeah, I get it. It's definitely my gimmick. I'm gonna bring a duck call into the stream next time. Round up the ducks. Oh boy. I was this close. All right. All right. Round two. Shields just Good throw a haymaker. Game. Overhand right. Let's go. <laughs> just swing for the fence. I mean, this is gonna be your only shot. Or body shot. Hit her in the hit her in the sword. She didn't like those leg kicks either. You see that? Yeah. See the way she's really backing up from those. And that's like literally the first thing you have to be thinking, like during training, is like they'll oh oh. Oh my gosh, Elkins, what are you doing? It's like the one thing you gotta be like, you know Ooh. they're gonna throw leg kicks at you. Like you know she that's is. gonna happen. She is killing her with the leg kicks. Ooh. Oh man, well, that that hurt her a little bit. That I think. hurt her. She backed up. Up. Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah, take okay. down. Oh, oh pe good pedigree, sprawl. pedigree. Oh, come on. Good sprawl. Oh, and she's up. <laughs> oh wow. Just threw a she reversed it. <laughs> well, there you go. Shields got over. She got overzealous there and like dove down, punching instead of just like a, taking full mount. Could she get a crucifix right here? He could, or even even. That's what I'm a, a she's Kimura. got the arm. Yeah, she's got the. Oh man, she gave it up. She has no idea what she's but doing. Yeah, she's isolating that left arm for sure right now, though. Like she's getting that ready for a Kimura, an arm bar, possibly Stop a it. crucifix, like he just said. Larissa has no idea what she's doing either, or she's she'll, gonna go for a head and arm choke. She should go since course is so like, like unproven on the ground. Yeah, she's trying to choke her out. She's trying to get to the other side. It just isn't side in. Choke. Yeah, it just isn't. It just isn't in. Just drop bows. Yep. Tidor T style. See, she should really like because of how like inexperienced Shields is on the ground. I feel like Elkin should just be going for like, you know, go like in that position right there. Like, go for the uh, jump to the other side. Go for the uh, what's it called the. The same, the 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 Von Flew. Like you're right there. Yeah. Like you're not gonna know what to yeah. do. Just put your shoulder into her throat. You're not gonna have a clue. Man, this is not going well at all. Full mount again. Yeah, I mean this this see even at this point, win or lose, you can't you can't put her in the cage with Harrison. Like you just can't, oh, that this no. would be just a, a murder. I don't think that they would even get it sanctioned at this point. This Elkins, the, the sad thing about this is like, she's not good either because like oh, she's, no. she's had, she's had body parts isolated like six, seven times now where she could have just come or arm barred or, or arm triangled or. Honestly, the UFC should have just set up her and Amanda yeah, just bring it. Just bring her in, like one fight it. deal, big money, one time. Yeah, one time. And Amanda would at least stand there and strike with her a little bit. True. But wow. this is the problem when you bring in a bum. Is if the bum beats you, I mean, your credibility is just trash. It depends on how it happens, too, right? Like the CM Punk Michael Jackson fight, where Michael Jackson's waving at the crowd and punching Punk with his other hand, not even looking. Like he at literally him. could do whatever he wanted to Punk. He clowned him so bad that Dana White said that he wasn't getting another fight because he should have just finished it. Like right. that's 
That's crazy. <laughs> like, oh man, man you can't just ask so bad about like that. Yeah, she, she, she doesn't even know what to do. She just got her arms up like this, trying to block punches. Like she's really lucky that Elkins just just isn't good. Ground strikes, thirty six out of forty one. How much time we got? So one minute left. I mean, she's surviving, yeah, but like against anyone good, this is over. Thirty seconds into the first round, for sure. And she's beating the crap out of her, though. Mm-hmm. She's hitting her in the body, hitting her in the face, and like this is a definite ten-eight round, like at least. And then she'll throw punches on the ground. Sounds like she'll be back in boxing real soon. I mean, she's got balls to do this. Like, I definitely she didn't. Oh, here comes armbar. This is it. That's it. Oh, That's it. she got out. Wow. I don't know how. She's, is that good? Did good. she just job? Because yeah, she's now all of a sudden hurt. She's about to finish her. You got to be kidding me. Ten seconds left. How is this? Oh my god! Like that's I'm it. not gonna. I, I this like this isn't fixed. I'm not even gonna that's, imply that's that it, it is. But like you just had her in an armbar extended. Now you just lost. Did the round end or did she lose? The round ended. Oh my god! Is she gonna get up? Once I have again, a feeling if we not, check Twitter, like the fight's over. Not not fixed, but like she had an armbar fully extended and just let go of it. And the next thing we know, the fight's almost over from her getting punched in, in the face. I didn't see any way how she escaped that. She didn't do anything. The, she just let go. And then the next thing you know, the shield is on top of her. Did that, what? Did that ref go in there and say, hey, y'all, like, this is yeah. the franchise here. Let's yeah. Ray, Ray Sappho's in the, in the earpiece. All right, y'all. 50, 50K extra if you just wave this thing. So. Oh, my God. Although, if it was even... fixed, they could have easily stopped the fight when she was dropping punches at the end, and they didn't do oh, it. Oh, for sure. No, no, no. I'm not actually – I don't actually think it's No, fixed. I, I just, know, yeah, but it's yeah. just odd how it worked. Right. I mean, she had no reason to let go of that armbar. That just didn't make any sense. Shields didn't do anything to defend it. She just I let mean, go. so far, we have – would you still give a ten eight round even though she almost finished her at the end? No, I'd I'd have to I'd have to go uh and that's even almost questionably Shields' is round because oh, she almost won. Oh god, she got hit there. Here comes the takedown. If Shields can't stuff this, I mean come on. Shields is down two rounds though, in my opinion. I agree. You can make somewhat of a case for last round for Shields because of how she finished it. But even that's then, because she got dominated right. the entire round. Oh no, I agree. I agree. Oh, oh, geez. oh that's illegal, isn't it? She was no. on her knees. No, you can punch her. You can still punch in the head. Okay. That was like the. Uh, oh, she's finished. This is that, it. That was like the cowboy uh, Gaethje fight. Remember how cowboy cowboy? Was what on what is course? the goal in just holding on and getting punched? I think she's trying to like sweep her. I think she's trying to get her onto the ground still. This but is she's it. not covering her head. They're gonna stop this. <sighs> she 
She she looks like she's you know she isn't, but like she looks like she's working a banana split, which is a amateur wrestling hold. Yeah, which like it's just it's just not gonna work. She honestly <laughs> looks like she has no idea what she's doing. Yeah, I will say this: Clarissa Shields' cardio is good. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's with she's all the wrestling they had to do and everything. Yeah, all that wrestling and stuff. Normally, they would be completely gassed at this point. And she's throwing everything. That's it. That's it. Clarissa Shields wins her MMA debut in a not very impressive fashion against a bum. Yeah. There she's acting like she won the Super Bowl. I if I'm PFL, I still get her and Harrison in there as fast as possible against each other. Just just do it. Like like you're not gonna because you can't even risk it. Like if Shields against anyone decent, they're gonna kill her. So like you gotta just Get the money while you can still, I think. And Mama is happy. Oh, as she should be. You know, no, I agree. But, but yeah, but that's... Man, she's just, like, talking all this crap and stuff, and it's like, dude, you beat nobody. Well, yeah, and she, I mean, that was over if she just didn't let go of the armor. I don't understand what that was. Um, That's, like... That's my. That's what's really mind blowing to me. Is like I don't know how you like go. That just doesn't make sense to me. Like, there's no. Way she's it was that like bad. completely downhill after that too. Yeah, literally. Like, fight was over. Proved I could beat her. Okay, now I'm gonna get my ass kicked until the ref stops it. What? So strange. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, I feel like you just gotta do. You got to do Shields and Harrison, I guess. Now at least they can sell it. Just just showing the highlights of just the end of that fight of Shields. I think um, Shields has got to do something else to where she looks more impressive. But she's not going to beat. She's not going to beat anyone on the way up. That's the problem. Anyone I mean, good's going to beat her. I get her. it, but I don't even know if you can sanction that. I really don't. Like she's uh, she's one and zero against somebody that is a killer. And but Harrison's only like six and zero or whatever. It might be more than that now, but like yeah, I think she's probably at ten. Let me see. She's an absolute monster. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Kayla Harrison's for real. Like, like she will take her down and beat the living crap out of her. So Harrison is sitting at nine and zero. Um, that was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean. Nine and zero versus one and zero, but that's like I said. That's the thing. Like shields against anyone else, like they're not going to get that lucky twice, where someone's going to outclass her in every way, shape, or form, then just let go of a submission. I think that they're going to have to. Um, I think they're going to have to just buy her more time. I think she's going to have to train and get better, and then she's going to have to fight somebody at another lower level, and then look impressive, and then you might be able to pull it off. But I don't well, I think, think that performance does it. And I think part of it's going to be the urgency because PFL is only going to have Kayla for so long also. That's part yeah. of the, you know what I mean? Because she's going to. like Kayla at 155, like I don't even think she can make 145. So what do you do with her? Honestly, depending on how dominant she continues to be and how marketable the UFC thinks they could make her. Yeah. I would do I would do the same thing they're doing with Amanda Nunez. I, and what they did with Cyborg. I would just I would do a 155 division. division. And yeah, like she like have her fight for the title and whoever whoever wants it. Anyone who's at 145 that does want to cut another 10, like you got a chance. Or you got a shot rather. <laughs> Everyone who's at 145, all two of you. Well, I'm gonna say, well, there's no actual 145, but honestly, like 
at a certain point, you probably just need to eliminate 145 and maybe you do 135 and 155 and you can maybe find some women that are, I say bigger, but 155 is not big, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, women who maybe would have, maybe who, who are natural 145 fighters that like don't want to deal with cutting weight. Yeah. Or someone like Cyborg, like if you ever want to get back into the Cyborg business or something, I mean, I think Cyborg would be fine with with fighting 155 anywhere, you know. So that's a that's a I think that's a bridge that's burnt forever. Well, I mean, I'm talking not just specifically UFC. Like you can say the same about Bellator as well. I think. Oh, I think Bellator um, would bring her in and have her and Cyborg fight at 155. Yeah. So I'm I'd be fine with that. I I love the idea though of, of Shield staying with PFL and PFL letting her because like she fought for invicta you know which was no problem you mean um, kayla kayla yeah sorry yeah kayla I shields yeah I, I meant kayla with uh with 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 uh kayla like they've let her fight for invicta i think she was supposed to fight for like titan or something during the pandemic and her or something happened with her opponent but um because the, the problem with pfl and it's the only thing that's gonna like hurt kayla harrison is the fact that they're like they're seasonal so like there's you get you just get caught up like if you're in the middle of a season like that's pretty much what you have to be focused on for like an entire year worth of fighting is like this one pfl season whereas obviously if you're with like bellator the ufc they're just matching you up against whoever the biggest fights are so um which they have the opportunity to do with clarissa shields and kayla harrison if they want to still but um yeah. I mean, it's a good thing that Shields didn't enter the season, though, because she would have lost probably the first round of the season, and like the hype would have gotten deflated. I mean, this- I'm curious to see what the ratings were like for that. I, it's probably the best PFL ratings they do. I, I'm sure because there was some curiosity about her. Yeah, hey, I wish they would have put this we- on at like 10 p.m. Like this fight, not at like 2:30 in the 12:30 in the morning too. Like more people yeah. would have watched it on a Thursday. Like so yeah. weird. Hey, real quick before we go, um, I I've started to give GCW a chance. I've watched some stuff, and some guys that definitely have stuck out to me um, were uh, Jordan Oliver, yep, and um, Ninja Mac, and um, Jack Cartwheel. I I think that he's got some Osprey in him. Like he has some pretty impressive stuff, but he is green as grass. Definitely like a high flyer guy that doesn't really know when he should do things and all that, but like really impressive as a like athlete. Um, what do you think about Dante Leone? You've been asking me about him. I think that he's very innovative. Yeah. Like some of the stuff I've seen is like, wow, he doesn't seem like he's in the best of shape. He doesn't seem like he's like really taking it too seriously yet, but like, his stuff is really impressive. Like he really looks like a guy that just like wakes up out of bed and goes and wrestles. He doesn't look like a guy that's like a professional wrestler that takes all this really seriously. Cause like, you know, even his, like what he wears and stuff, it just like, there's nothing like overly impressive about the guy, but like he does have a really like innovative offense that I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I like everyone you do just mentioned like Jordan Oliver, um, you know, he wrestled and uh, it was like a two hour plus Ironman match over, um, the GCW fight forever show with Tony Deppen. Like the two of them wow. literally went like they did a full hour Ironman match tied 
and instead of doing sudden death, just said we'll run back another Iron Man match. Yeah. And um, so like uh yeah, Jordan Oliver, he's been doing really great stuff in MLW. Him and him, Myron Reed and Calvin Tankman are like team like a team in MLW uh called Injustice. And yeah. um yeah, Jordan, the cool thing about Jordan Oliver too is he's kind of like he's he is purposefully trying to be like the new Trent acid. Like he wears the Trent acid pants. He does the Yakuza kick and all that stuff. So like, it's pretty cool what he's doing. Um, Ninja Max, my favorite high flyer in wrestling right now. I love he's Ninja crazy. Max. Dude, crazy. He's the new guy. Like, wears you. a mask. He doesn't wear a mask. Like yeah. he's kind of like whatever. Yeah. I don't even care. Like, I really just, hope he's at our show in Houston. I want to see him wrestle. Like, I think he's, he's sick. He was the dude I told you during the collective that I saw do a Phoenix Splash 630. Yeah. And I was like, and I think even you were like, what? And I was like, no, seriously, this guy does this shit I've never seen before. Like, yeah. like he'll do like he'll do like double digits cartwheels in a row in one spot. Like just yep. boom, boom, I saw boom, that. boom, boom. Or backflips. Yeah, boom, Which boom, would boom. just drive Jim Cornette crazy. But <laughs> like I, I I for shows like that, I think it's it's fun and it's good. Um yeah. I, I think I watched him and Dante wrestle like just recently. I was yeah. watching a couple of them. And then let's just listen. I said something <laughs> was going on and y'all kind of were like, you know what? No, that listen props to Matt Cardona, dude. Like he created one of the coolest moments in wrestling this year. And I love it. And like the thing that people forget about him is like, he's such a hardcore fan that you basically just told that guy you can go out there and have an ECW moment. And he's like, hell yeah. Like people think that he's just like WWF and that's it. Like, no, dude, this dude loved WCW, ECW, all that stuff. So for him to go in there and, um, and if he, it looks like he's going to have an actual match with Nick Gage, like, Man, props to him. I think he's his stock has gone way up since the thing has happened. I think that that's going to be a moment that's going to be remembered forever. Uh, so it's very cool. Very cool. It's really well done. Yeah, I, I know I've said this a lot here and on other shows, but like I, I was, I love, I love Matt Cardona. You know that I'm a huge yep. fan of the the Major Fig podcast and major all that stuff. Yep, I'm a major mark. 100%. But it's like, do you love Matt Cardona, the wrestler, or do you love the person? Because to I love me, the, it's the person. Right, I love the person, exactly. And as a wrestler, I liked him in WWE and always felt like he was underutilized. But when he went on to the indies, I was like, oh, damn, this is like maybe why he didn't get big pushes. Like, I don't really see much out of this guy. Like, in Impact and yeah. AEW, I was like, this isn't that, it just really isn't that great, if I'm being honest. It, just, it feels like I'm watching watered down WWE Zack Ryder uh, just on the indies. But I've been saying there's no better way to get me to change my perspective of how I feel about this guy than have him have a death match against Nick Gage. Cause that'll yep. totally change perspectives. And it especially depends on what they wind up doing because you know, if, if Cardona is going to do this, he's got to go all the way with it, which means yep. he's going to take a pizza cutter to the dome. Ugh. He's going to, he's probably, he might wind up with bumps through glass. Uh, oh, he's going to wind up with light tube uh, yep. remnants all in his back. And I mean, glass and I mean, it's going to be, he'll, he'll have to do it for real. And man, you know, it's funny too, real quick. Like you were watching the collective when we were doing these videos and you were just like, yeah, man, it's been crazy. And, like, I've just now recently gone back and seen some of the stuff. And, like, 
Ricky Shane Page or whatever versus Nick Gage is absolutely insanity. Yeah. And then Moxley comes out. Like, I can't imagine what you were feeling when you first of all saw that match and then Moxley coming out on top of it. No, John Moxley coming out to confront Nick Gage after that yeah. match is my favorite part. Is my favorite moment so far of the year in, in all of wrestling. Like yeah. that, that was the coolest thing. Until Daniel it, Bryan shows up in AEW, which yeah, if, if, if Final Countdown hits and he comes out, like that's a totally different thing. But like, yeah. But the but it's also part of why it's so cool to me is that it was Moxley because it's like right this dude is popping up everywhere and doesn't have to be doing any of this. But like. That's how cool this guy And is. it's almost kind of like Moxley's out with the baby, right? And it's like Matt Cardona kind of took that spot. Like when he, he even realized himself as him. That's what I'm like, saying. Yeah, yeah. And like he realized that like, hey, he's out right now. I can do this and get that that feedback. And plus, another thing that people forget, like he hasn't been able to perform in front of crowds. So, right. like, for him to be able to do that, like, the shot of adrenaline that he had, and you could see it, like, it was genuine, you know? Like, I, I loved it. I loved that, how he pulled it off. That last GCW show, Zombie Walk, did you yeah. did you watch, like, the like the entrances for the main event for the Nick Gage match? Because uh, I'd Nick recommend... Gage? Yeah, yeah, Nick yeah, Gage. Yeah, yeah, how he just, like, jumps in the crowd and, like, yeah. people just start... Pull- it's like a mosh pit. It's, yeah, it's it, that it's just such a different level of, like, fans caring about somebody. It's it's unreal how over he is right now. Yeah. Like, he is so insanely over with that crowd. And what I love is that crowd hates Matt Cardona. So it's, like, perfect. Like, so over face versus the heel. Like, it's it's great. Well, it's wild because that, that main event was Nick Gage versus Jimmy Lloyd. Yeah. And Jimmy Lloyd is one of the most over baby faces GCW's ever had. And they were all yelling, F Jimmy Lloyd. F like they completely wow. turned on him because they are that pro Nick Gage. So yeah. at this point, it doesn't matter who you are. Same thing's happening to Moxley. Moxley's getting booed out of the building. Everyone loves Moxley, but like if it's the, if you got to decide between Moxley and Gage and it's GCW, the whole fan base is with is with Gage. Wow. So it's like that that's that's a whole nother level of being over is like he is turning the most over baby faces in the company heels just by wrestling against them. Like, um, and then they had so much other good stuff there. Like Ricky Shane page, I think is fantastic. I think Atticus Kogar is like, he's the future. Like he freaks me out. Like, which is perfect. That's, that's, that's why he's so good though. Like that's, his his psychology is really 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 good, and but he's 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 mainly a deathmatch guy, right? Yes, he's he'll be one of two things. I think he'll either be the next, he'll be like the biggest deathmatch wrestler in the world in a couple years, or he'll be the biggest baby face on mainstream wrestling in, in like a handful of years. Because I think that he's going, to, he is such a. He's this kind of guy that no matter what, like you, you care about what he's doing. If like if, the more you watch GCW, the more you're going to be drawn to Atticus, e- even though you're not into the deathmatch stuff. Because yeah. I'm not as much into the deathmatch either. But Atticus, there's just something different about him, and his, and him being with Ricky Shane Page in four four zero just he adds even more to it because he's such a scumbag. Yeah. So like, and that whole group, by the way, like Gregory Iron is the perfect heel because like he's the most likable baby face ever, but he's an asshole with four, four Oh. So you got to boo him. Yeah. Um, Eric Ryan, uh, Bobby Beverly, Eddie only's out there always smoking cigarettes. They've just made that group just the slimiest, just D bag heels imaginable. Yeah. Um, so they, and they, I, yeah, I had yeah. seen stuff on Effie 
And I yeah. knew he was like the gay wrestler. That's all I knew. But like he actually can go and he, oh, takes, he, can really he takes some crazy bumps and all that stuff. So, so props that's to like, him. That's a whole other thing too. Like that's the second gear crew. That's Effie, Mance Warner, Matthew yeah. Justice, Alley Cat, and uh, Manders. And yeah. I think I'm probably missing someone in there. Matthew Justice, I might have said him. But but anyway, like that's the thing too. Like within GCW, there's like these like alliances amongst wrestlers that also add to it. Cause like the, the SGC is like the, the most random group of friends. It's like, Oh, AJ Gray's in that also. So you have like, you have like the dude who comes out to walk a flock and that's just like street as fuck. You got like yeah. the super gay guy. You've got Alley cat. You've got the cowboy you've got. So it's like this super diverse group. That yeah. you like wouldn't think would be friends if you just saw it on paper, but they're like an awesome team together. Like it's and they're the ones who are usually fighting against 440 and the bad guys. So it's like this really pure babyface group and like this really nasty heel group. Yeah. Um, and then you got Nick Gage, who's just the most over guy in, in like the business right now. And you got Alice Cologne, who I mean, that's the real like I'm once again, I'm not huge into deathmatch wrestling in comparison to most deathmatch fans, but like Alex Cologne's the best, the best deathmatch wrestler in the world right now. Like he's the one where like he's going the farthest. He's the ultra violent champion. Like, um, anyway, I don't I mean, need the pizza cutter, man. Like that is so just, uh, he grosses me that. out also. Uh, and like, and Atticus's big thing is the meat skewers. He has he has the green meat skewers that he yeah, pops in people's they put in yeah. that, They did that in TNA even when uh, it was um, Sammy Callahan and like Pentagon and Phoenix yep. and all those guys. They did that. But yeah, I didn't. I don't need that. But I can see talent in certain guys. Like I watched Deppin and um, Jack Cartwheel. That was a pretty good match. Yeah, but Deppin's yeah. like basically just ROH and like will appear on GCW every now and then type thing. Yeah. Deppin is on the way I understand it. Deppin is not signed to ring of honor, but he is their television champion right now. Yeah, like they're they're doing stuff with him. Um, I saw a lot of people reporting that Lee Moriarty had signed with MLW. Yep. Um, just to throw this out there. I talked to Moriarty a couple of days ago and he told me he has not signed with MLW, but he is, but he is, but he's with that. Like he's going to be on the next season and they're going to present him as a free agent, but he did okay. not sign an MLW contract. And the reason he told me is because he, he enjoys being independent. Like he wants to be an independent wrestler still. So he's, he's going to be here um, for a show in two weeks. He's wrestling a guy. I don't know, but it's going to be will all day versus Chris Bay is the main event. Um, That'd be good. But like I said, like the indie scene in Houston's kind of blown up. I've talked to Bill. Bill kind of wants to go, so we might go to that show. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of really good talent out there. Even guys like you said, like Jack Cartwheel. Like he's yep. just so new, but like yep. he popped up. That's what happens to some of these guys too. Because GCW, I would probably consider GCW to be like the probably the indie that has the most buzz about it right now. That's yeah. like a true independent promotion. Yeah, and some of these guys and girls and stuff like they, they wind up on GCW kind of like honestly, probably before they're ready for a stage yep. like that. Yep. But if they get over with that crowd, they'll keep bringing them back. So like they yeah. pretty much just have to learn on the fly. And Jack cartwheel is a perfect example of that. They brought him in on a whim from what I, from what I understand Deshaun from uh, the guy who does the hot dub, the hot tub. Um, Deshaun two cents. Yeah. Deshaun wow. Deshaun told GCW about Jack Cartwheel, so they booked him. Wow. And then Jack Cartwheel just got super over the first time he went there. 
Same thing happened with Everett Connors, who I knew out of the St. Louis area. Got a shot on GCW one time against Janela. Got super over. Next thing you know, he's on all the shows. I mean, well, and did you see that PWG is back August first? Yep, which means that means what, the indie guys are about to blow up again. Yeah, and also I wonder what they'll do because like MSK is their tag team champions still and stuff. Yeah, um, I'm sure all titles are vacant at this point. Probably, yeah, probably they'll have yeah. probably have like tournaments and stuff. I doubt they even do Bola. Like Bola probably won't happen until next year. Yeah, that'd be a bummer because that's such a cool tournament every year. But I mean, like, could you imagine if some of those GCW guys are in some of those PWG matches and then buzz starts growing about them? And like I said, that's that's what I was looking forward to when the pandemic was over is like the new indie talent that's coming because it's going to happen. Like and then and then it's going to be an interesting twist of like, do you want that mainstream Mm -hmm. name that like got released? Right. Or do you want the up and coming guy that a lot of people don't know about, but's got buzz in the indies? You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I think that that's going to definitely happen. You want to see a guy who, like, I've probably told you about him before, but, like, I, I've been – because I get asked this question all the time, especially because I do the Weekender pod. You know, I'm, like, yeah. always highlighting these dudes. But, like, if I had to pick one person on the indies right now that, like, has not been seen in any mainstream company ever, that still has not hit his his prime, he's probably still a few years out of his prime, but has everything possible that I would want out of like a main eventer on a mainstream level is this guy, Joshua Bishop. He's he's the AIW champion right now. Absolute intense wrestling. The guys, I think he's, he might be like 22 or 23 right now, but he's been wrestling since he was like 19. I saw like his, like I literally saw like his second or third match ever years ago. And this guy is like, it's, it's, I mean, like I, he's, he's not doing anything that's like mind blowingly impressive. Like, like he's not like a Jack cartwheel or like a Ninja Mac type dude. He, you can just tell, like he has the size, he has the athleticism, he has the intensity and he incorporates a lot of stuff into like his game where like, and he has a really good manager and stuff who also wrestles. There's just, he, he, if I had like to check the boxes, that's a name I would definitely throw out there to get familiar with is, is, is Joshua Bishop. Cause he's, like I said, he hasn't once 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 the world finds out about him, he'll get signed like immediately, I think. But mm-hmm. he's still like just flying under the radar a little bit right now. But if you know about him, like you like you're a fan, but like it's like he's one of those guys, like he'll show up on AEW Dark at some point, probably. Yeah. And then like everyone's gonna be like, Who the hell is this guy? Like this kind of like guy. uh Carter or whatever, Nick Carter, whatever whatever his Nick name Carter. was. Yeah. Oh, Ben Carter. Ben Carter. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Very different types of style, but same type of idea. With no, like but I mean, like if he buzz. showed up on dark and then all of a sudden it was like everybody wanted him. Yeah. I just think that he just, he just has all the tools and he's a guy, he's like a long play type thing. Like he won't even hit his prime for another couple of years, but when he does and it really all comes together, he's just like, he's a, he's a great prospect, I guess is really like the best way I could put it. Um, so I'd check him out. Um, him and Matthew Justice have had really good matches against each other and as a tag team. Um, and a lot of their what good did, stuff is up What did AEW, you say that you AIW. watched for independence? Like my favorite companies? No, like what do you, what do you watch it on? Like your streaming network oh, or whatever? Oh, company I'm sponsored by. Right. Independentwrestling.tv. Independentwrestling.tv. Or, or, or you can type IWTV.live. That'll take okay. you to the same the same spot. They have literally thousands of promotions on there, and most of those promotions have you know 
multiple shows, if not hundreds of shows, some of them. Um, but absolute intense wrestling is where the, is where Joshua Bishop's the champion at right now. Um, I wanted to see Davies match, but I couldn't find it anywhere because I just wanted to see what he looked like. Yeah. He's like an ASW or whatever, and he won their title. Which yeah. It doesn't mean anything, but I just I was wondering how he looked. But yeah, I I, uh, I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. But I know he'll be in MLW soon. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, um, July 10th. I guess they're doing some battle royal. Yeah, and they they got a good roster that they're filling up right now in MLW. Like that, it's it's very interesting how they're doing all this. Um, but also like signing some people, not signing others, um, and all that stuff. But yeah, like I said, it's going to be interesting. Like especially with WWE keep releasing guys, like who's going where and I just think all rosters are about to get bolstered and there's going to be a lot more every company is going to start to be watchable yeah and and I know we talked about it before but the more I think about it like Murphy like I really think MLW would be a great fit for him for like yeah. for like one year just do yeah. that for one year and just have kick-ass matches with give me Murphy and Davey Richards I'll be a yeah. happy man yeah, Murphy and David Richards. You got Murphy and Lee Moriarty, Murphy yeah. and Calvin Tankman. I, I'm assuming even Jordan Murphy Oliver's and be Hammerstone would be good. Even Murphy oh, yeah. and Jacob Fatu. Like, there's tons of great stuff there. Absolutely. So yeah, good stuff. I'm glad. I'm glad you're uh, you're Broadening paying more my attention horizons. to it. Yeah. I mean, there's gonna be some misses. There just is like stuff that I like that you're gonna think is cool. Well, or I mean, but... you know, I watch I watch some of GCW stuff, and I'm just like, holy amateur. Um, this is well, kind of terrible. Well, but you uh, also knew about like Blake Christian and Alex Zane and those guys like before yep. they got signed and they I were did. mainly known from GCW. I remember Alex Zane did this crazy spot like that was like just didn't look like a damn near a trailer park or something from GCW one show. And I was like, who the hell is that? And then I started watching more of his stuff. And he did that one spot from like the stage to the ring and it was like no way he was supposed to clear that and he did it and i think teddy hart maybe he was pumping it up or something i don't remember but he stuck out to me um and then shortly after all of a sudden he's like in new japan and wherever else and so i was like oh, okay and um the other one said to me but now he's in wwe right blake christian yeah yeah blake christian alex zane yep um, well, they're actually doing something with Alex Zane already. He's basically like the, the most heavily pushed guy in 205 Live right now. I know that doesn't That's mean good. a lot to a lot of people, but like he's the, he's like the main guy. Him and him and Asher Hale, who used to be Anthony Henry, those are the two guys that are like getting the biggest pushes right now um, on 205 Live. So at least they at least they got something for him. Um, Blake Christian, I think, is just waiting for – he'll probably be like the next guy who gets yeah. that chance. Um it's wild. I saw Alex Zane. I, I found out about Alex Zane out of a, from a company in I think Crossville, Tennessee, called Resolute Wrestling that does shows in front of like five people. Like I just, <laughs> my my buddy was like, dude, you got to hear, you got to know about Alex Zane. Like, this guy's incredible, and like he's wrestling in front of like nobody. And then I went and saw him once, and I watched him do a undertaker style dive like over the top rope you know cleared the top rope yeah but his opponent pulled a trash can in front of him and alex zane landed headfirst into the trash can right into the ground like but did like the undertaker dive over the ropes wow. to get into the trash can and wow. i was like 
this dude is absolutely nuts. Like, wow. Um, so, so like he, five people. <laughs> well, th- this show we had a little bit more, but we're talking like maybe a hundred people. So still not that many more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the dude, the dude's nuts, but he's, uh, he brings something different to the table. That's why he's so good. Cause he's, he's the guy that I think is the most similar to a video game. Like if I had to create a restaurant, a video game and just give him like all the cool moves that I thought like wouldn't be real moves. That's how it's named. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate that like he's already signed because I think he could have done some crazy stuff in the Indies. But I think he's on like a three-year deal, so I, I think you know we'll see what happens with him. Um, Just bring, give him an action figure, and then release him. It's fine, and then go on. I didn't even think about that. I was an action figure would be sick. I, I would, I would get his elite if they made. They'd have to make a basic first, and have to sell well, right? Though, and then. It depends. Yeah. It just depends on what he is. Like like certain guys get an elite right off the bat if they're big enough, but probably him, no. I'd say anybody that I went that I've seen, I'll get an action figure of anyone that I've seen live, like pre getting signed to a company that gets an action figure, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like like if if That's yeah, why I love any the guys. NXT guys that I have, like Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, you know, Johnny Gargano. Um, Chris Hero, like all those guys. Yeah. That's all from NXT. Yeah, good Keith stuff. Lee. So, all right, man, it's probably good enough time to wrap it up. Um, yeah, we did watch the UFC press conference. I did at least. I don't know about you, but I, did. I just saw some highlights from it. I got a good yeah. gist of what was going on. I mean, it's, they're fired up. I'm I'm somewhat bitter about the Nate fight just because dude, I was supposed to see that. So yeah, but it's all good. Um, it is what it is. I'm, I don't know. You think Nate's going to win. That's I'll be very happy if Nate wins, but I just don't see it. Yeah. I do think okay. Nate will have good cardio though. So if it does go into the deeper rounds and Leon Edwards is overtrained, which I think is possible because he's been trying to get a fight for so long. He's had multiple fight camps that had to cancel. So maybe he'll be a little three seconds. So maybe he'll be a little overtrained, and you know Nate will uh, take over in the later rounds and put him in deep water. And and the crowd is fully behind Nate. Like Nate is going to be so over, it's not even funny. He was over at the press conference, so um, it'll be really interesting. Yeah, and when uh, if y'all want to like watch, uh, I'll be doing a watch along on the Fightful YouTube channel during the. We're actually going to start. The, the live watch along with Edwards versus Diaz. We're going to watch the last three fights live. It'll be me and Sean Ross Sapp on the, uh, the Fightful YouTube channel. So if anybody wants to, uh, to basically, I mean, the closest comparison is basically it's like a fight companion. If you haven't seen that, it's basically me and Sean. It's very similar to what me and Doug just did when we were watching the Clarissa Shields fight. It's just like that, but we're interacting with the chat and, you know, having a good time talking MMA and all that stuff. So if uh if y'all are going to be watching this show live and want to watch my reactions to it live once again that'll be on the Fightful YouTube channel starting with the Nate Dion Nate Dion Nate, Nate Diaz Nate Dion Yes Nate Dion uh Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards fight is when we're starting that so Awesome All right guys we'll be back on Tuesday at our regular time slot I don't have an anniversary or anything Happy anniversary Yeah thank you 14 years 14 years and it went by fast Honestly it feels like seven It feels like maybe like half So um, 
it's definitely uh it's definitely gone by really fast so and then uh birthday will be at the end of the month i've got father's day coming up too this is my month june is my nice. month and then there july man me and bill are off to see wrestling like we've got um gcw and the ninth and then we have AEW Dynamite on the 14th and we have AEW Dynamite on the 21st and then we have AEW Dynamite August 18th so hell yeah and the UFC is August 7th so might be going to that too and it's looking like it could be Amanda versus um Peña and um and Ganu versus Derek Lewis yeah. Yeah. So, I think they got to do Ngannou Lewis there for sure. Yeah. that It's happening. And he's yeah. really over in Houston. It right. Will exactly. Be, it'll be a crazy environment. We'll come out to Fat Pat and everyone yep. will be going crazy. Yeah. Hey, nuts. Like, if you thought Tony Ferguson was over, you can forget about it. Like, Derek Lewis will be hella over. So, um, yeah, I, I might go to that. I don't know. Like, Bill really wants to go to All Out, but he's also kind of died down on that. He also wants to go to a Chiefs game. So it's just kind of like we're trying to figure out, I want to go to a Cowboys game. I haven't been since 2016. Um, I even thought about even the Vikings game because I saw found tickets for like around 300 apiece, but they're decent seats and it's Sunday night football. Yeah. So I thought, what better way to like beat you guys and then be there in the stadium and <sighs> yeah, then like send do. selfies of the scoreboard, you know? Vikings are going undefeated. Her okay. cousins is, is bringing us to victory. Um, you should come to Slammiversary in Nashville. Yeah, on the way. Uh, <laughs> um, didn't they only have like a really limited amount of tickets? And they were expensive. I wound up not even buying tickets. I'm, I'm going to go to Nashville for it. I know Sean's okay. going too. Um, I think he's just going to interview a bunch of wrestlers and I'll probably just do my thing and maybe work with them or just watch with friends You're or something. You're familiar with the area though, right? Yeah, I lived there for like 10 years. Yeah, so, so, I, got, like so I, I, have friend, yeah, and I have friends there and stuff. So it's like, not like you're just like, oh, what do I do now? No, no, nothing like that. But me and him you always do the post shows, and we recently started having Denise Salcedo with us. Yeah. So she won't be there live, but like what we'll probably do is like me and Sean will be in like the same room, and we'll get Denise on camera from wherever from California where she's at, and we'll probably okay. do like a live post show or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out, but um, but yeah, I mean, school Vikings. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We're gonna win, just like we did last year. Start trash talking now. Hey, it's fun. You know what's crazy is is training camp for us starts July twentieth. Okay. And then our first preseason game, we're the Hall of Fame game, so we kick the season off August fifth. Right. Okay. Like it, we're not very far from no. getting this thing yeah. going. When I saw like today, you know, the quarterbacks are throwing more towards like you know moving receivers and stuff, yep. and like I saw Dalvin Cook running around today. I was getting pumped too. Dalvin Cook was like, "We're the day today's grind," and I was like, "Yeah, be out there grinding, Dalvin. Let's go!" Like. I mean, that's why I'm wearing. I'm seeing t-shirt. Dak. I'm seeing Dak running and throwing fifty yards down the field to CD after his broken ankle and stuff. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. We're ready to rock. So yeah. as long as I got Dak, then we got a chance. Like I'm not doing this backup quarterback garbage. Yeah, I've got Kirk Cousins, the man, the myth, the legend. And if he winds up sucking, Kellen Mond looks pretty good. So we'll see. But yeah, um, that, at least you do have something. At least we have a plan. At least the Vikings have a plan. Because otherwise, 
if Cousins doesn't work out this year and or next year, and we hadn't drafted Kellen Mond, then there we are in a terrible situation, either trying to renegotiate Kirk or trying to draft someone then. So like, I'm glad we've done what we've done. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy about it. And I'm even seeing, I see Larry Fitzgerald like talking about watching Patrick Peterson in practice and stuff. And I'm like, Larry, like, come home, man. Like, he was the ball boy for the yep. Vikings, man. Like, I know. Like, give us one season on your way out. Let's get you a Super Bowl on your way out, man. Like, I'd be fine with him coming in as, like, you know, the you know, sixth receiver down on the depth chart or whatever. Like, just comes in every now and then kind of thing. Like, but yeah, anyways, good, that's good all pipe dreams. Good yeah. vet. Yeah, exactly. And, and dude, he's a super intelligent guy. Like, oh, that dude, that dude could like be the president. Yeah, like, yeah, Larry's great. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of his. He's one of those guys that, like, even if he was in your division, you still respect him just because he's like just such a good dude, total yeah. class act. Yeah, Larry's awesome, 100. percent All right, guys, well, we're out, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern.